which is what I happen to remember. So maybe it's because it was the first time. We can discuss that at the end, though. Which which version we like? Because they literally only changed the ending. Hmm. That's it. Everything else is it, it's canon, like pretty much the whole way through, until the ending. And I think it's because End Times came out. Mm. Actually, no, I know it's End Times because when you're going through um, the wiki, there's a little box that says, uh, this lore is out of date. See End Times for canon lore. Hmm. Now. But I thought End Times was 40k. Wait, isn't that the... Oh, no. Vermintide End Times is a game. Yeah. But Vermintide's not canon, as far as I remember, as far as I know. Huh. Yeah, I really don't know. Yeah, I... This would require a little bit more research on my part. Like, I put all this together yesterday, so I was a little time-pressed. Um, so I didn't have too much time to go in. Because if you want to go into what's canon and what's not in Warhammer, it's going to take hours. <laughs> like, literal hours, and I didn't have that time yesterday. One of those ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm excited for this one because I'm not... Um, I love learning new stories, as Mike knows, and I don't know shit about this one. So I'm excited. <laughs> but what's up? This is Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Mike McCloskey. And I'm Seth. What's up? We're back. And, uh... Today, Seth is going to do his first research topic. Um, as you were hearing us talk a little bit about a uh, little bit at the beginning, there, um, it's going to be on Warhammer and a specific character from Warhammer. Am I correct? Yes, it'll be on Grimgore Ironhide. Grimgore <laughs> Ironhide, the one of the biggest, baddest, and meanest black orc war bosses you will ever see. That's awesome. I'm so <laughs> pumped. I'm so pumped for this one. But yeah, let's get into some news topics. What, Mike, what do you got for us today? Well, I got something that's kind of related. It's kind of, uh, I don't want to say topical, but timely. Okay. Uh, a woman was trampled to death during the Capitol riots. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. But she was carrying a Don't Tread on Me flag, which is oh, <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> like, my condolences, like, any lost life is not... It's just like you just send that one to the universe and knock it out of the yeah, park. Yeah, that one. If you, if you set it up, the universe is probably gonna knock it out. That's like uh, poor lady, man, but that really sucks. But oh, the irony there. Yeah. So uh, her last name was Boylan, and she raided the Capitol along with hundreds of other insurrectionists. Her friend and fellow insurrectionist Justin Winchill told the news. Uh, basically, we created a panic, and the police, in turn, pushed back on them, so people started falling. I put my arm underneath her and was pulling her out, and then another guy fell on top of her, and then another guy was just walking on top of her. There were people stacked two or three deep, people just crushed. Man, stuff like this used to... And not to compare these two things, but, you know, Black Friday, people used to get trampled. Like I, some, I remember somebody getting trampled at Walmart. Yeah, it's crazy. Like... And they died. Just like I don't understand how. Like you're just gonna step on. Like literally, you're just gonna step on somebody just to well, get. It, I yes. guess it depends on the situation. Like if the police are actively, if they form a line and push. Oh yeah, yeah, that like, I get. But I'm talking about like for Black oh, Friday. Oh yeah, Black Friday. Like, there's absolutely no excuse. Those people are just jerks, and there's no excuse. You you don't need to literally trample somebody to death to get a 
a TV for a hundred, two hundred dollars off. But Seth, it's, I can get four DVDs for ten dollars. No, <laughs> it's not. Those ten dollars are not worth trampling somebody to death. <laughs> are you sure? Well, it depends on the DVD, I guess. But. <laughs> Wind I was going to say, there, there's a lot of things that I'd do for a copy of Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World! <laughs> Wayne's World! <laughs> Would you trample someone for se- the final season of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray? No. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody would. I would. Final season. Yeah. Specifically, you like the final season? I loved it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a super... The, like, the one thing you got to get about me is, like... I love everything to be honest like all of our friends stuff like i I like listening to carson talk about runescape it takes me a little bit of time to like get over and like try it and stuff like that i love you guys talking about warhammer like i'm a fucking super nerd like if it's a new story and it's like super in depth and stuff like i just get hooked yeah no i I, i'm the same way in a lot of ways um i loved it i I thought the way that it ended was fucking there's no other way that it could have ended yeah she's a psycho she was a psycho the whole time. You guys just liked it. Just you just liked it because she was game. killing other psychos. Like that that was the whole gimmick. It's like, oh, she's just she's fighting against her oppressors. Like the slavers in Slaver's Bay. Like, yeah, of course she fucking fried that motherfucker after she tried <laughs> to give her dragon up. Like the people in uh Karth locked him in the fucking locked him in his goddamn his own fucking uh safe. The big, uh, big black guy. I can't remember his oh. name right now. But it's just like, she's a psycho too. Like, you know what Spoiler I mean? Spoiler alert just like, if it's a little too late. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even feel bad because motherfuckers hate it so much. Well, it's just been like, out for so long. I just, uh, I couldn't even believe the fact that like every, for a decade, everybody loved and loved and loved and loved Game of Thrones. And then all of a sudden, just like, just like that. Shit on. Just like that. Like everyone <laughs> fucking the hated it. And I was just like, that was fucking awesome. Especially at the end, the way that the dragon, like when they actually made it so like a dragon was a smart thinking, like, you know what I mean? Like he understood. You dumb chair, you killed my mommy. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that analogy Mike always says. Mike always like, you dumb chair, you killed my mommy. <laughs> but it is. It's funny about how he just like looks at Jon Snow and he realizes, you fucker. But I get it. She's kind of a bitch. <laughs> She's kind of a yeah, bitch. No, I love it. I would trample someone for that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you, I'll kill you. <laughs> you give me the DVDs. I'm the same way, though. I, I just like the story and the and like a lot of things people don't like. I'm like, you know what? Kind of, I could, I could dig it. You yeah. know, like I see it. I, I personally might not have necessarily wrote it that way if I were the one writing it, but yeah. obviously I'm not. So, yeah. you know what? It's okay. Yeah. People hate Star Wars. Love them. Every single one of them. I don't care. I love all of them. You can't tell me. You can't give me one fucking. Re- you could not change my mind ever as to why Star Wars is an iconic. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I stopped watching after Rogue One. Man, Rogue One was. Dude. I really like the solo movie. That was really good, actually. Yeah, the solo movie was actually. I heard really good things about that. I just, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Rogue One was just fun. Like when Darth Vader shows up. Yeah. Starts fucking shit up. Dude. Nah. Yeah. Savage. I, I've watched the Star Wars. Like, I watched all six, and then I watched what was seven, and then Rogue One right after, I guess. But I don't know. I've never... I always like them, but they are not necessarily my cup of tea. Yeah. In terms of... Like, I much prefer medieval 
setting, versus like sci-fi. I pre- versus yeah, yeah. sci-fi. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I get so you. like Lord of the Rings all day, every day, baby. Yeah. Uh, I get that. I really love the medieval ones too. I, yeah. I, I do, but I do like the space theme. Yeah. Space theme's awesome. I do. Especially I love it. like, um, like Star Trek. Yeah, uh, that's really good. and I apparently the science in Star Trek is really good, really accurate. Like, they really at try least to, for the time for yeah. the time. Yeah, like it's really good. They're like a lot of the science in that is scientists are like, yeah, there's not actually that much necessarily and wrong it, with it. It's, it's more just, like we learned more, and so it changed how yeah. we like, looked at it. Yeah, so it, it's like the proof of concept is like correct. Mm-hmm. It's just one. We can't prove this concept actually works like this because we don't have that technology. But no, yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah, nice little tangent there. But um, <laughs> well, it was better than talking about that bitch you got trampled. Don't tread on me. I did like uh, that. Her like what her brother said to the news outlet. It said, "I've never tried to be a political person, but it's my own personal belief that the president's words incited a riot that killed four of his biggest fans last night." And I believe that he, we should invoke the 25th Amendment this time, adding our 20. Our family is grieving on every level for our country, for all the families that have been, and for all the families that have lost loved ones or suffered injuries for our own loss. So now they flipped. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, when it finally affects you, when you have, when there are consequences to your actions, a lot of people finally go, oh, you know, they start to step back and they think and they're like, you but know. this is one that I just totally don't like. This is one that I just can't get down with. Like, you can't blame Trump because you willingly went out like Trump told us three to do that, too. <laughs> and we were perfectly fine to just stay at home. Well, like it's just the fact that he holds like such a high political office, like the greatest one in the land. Like you can't do anything even close to like just being okay with it. Like it's your job to condemn actions like this. Correct. I get it. I totally get that concept. But still, don't let your dumb sister go out with a fucking "Don't Tread on Me" flag. No one's treading on shit except for this bitch on government property. Just saying, if you're going to try to take a capital, you should expect some losses. Yeah. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't catch a fucking slug. Honestly, I would say, honestly, I think as a whole, we're lucky that there weren't more deaths. I like. The fact that they even overcame security. Security just let them in. Yeah, security literally let them in. I literally watched a video of people, the, the cops just parted and. They were walking by, and the cops were just going, you can't go in there. You can't go in. That's literally all they did was, you can't go in there. You're not allowed to be here. You can't go in. And as people were literally just walking down the hallway. And when that lady was shot, literally there was, like, so the lady got shot trying to climb through a door. Like, they'd been bashing it, like, trying to bash it down. Like, they broke out a window, and she climbed through it and got shot. But, uh... The cops, there was literally a wall of cops standing in front of that door that left when people, when like the protesters got there and they were walking down the stairs when she got shot. And as soon as she fucking got shot, they like, they started running back up the stairs, like trying to take control of the situation. So they're like, oh fuck, we just kind of let that happen. <laughs> we, we can't <laughs> let this just happen. Yeah, no. Like that whole thing, like man, the difference between the, the cops reactions to like simp, like peaceful protests versus that it just astounds me and i, I can't they also believe. killed a cop yeah like, they drug the, a literally cop out a, into the crowd and, and beat, beat him, him to death. death yes and they still they, all they did was tear gas him correct like that's crazy to me like, like if I, any other protest would have done that like there, there would have been actual rounds fired. Yeah, i'm just point. saying if that was another um 
Reason let's say movement. ethnic group of people <laughs> yeah or they it might that situation might have looked like a round 45 of zombies it, yeah. it might have looked For like real. it might have they looked like what we <laughs> talked about on our uh our um last podcast the uh mining one <laughs> where the government where your boss is just dropping bombs in world war one no. <laughs> trying to set up a, a machine gun on top of yeah, like the on top of the white house yeah. seriously anybody <laughs> i've ever heard anybody i say like some people are just like well when you feel like something's been taken from you i just look right at him i'll be like you look me in the eye right now and you tell me if that wasn't a different group of motherfuckers that they wouldn't have been mowed down with fucking machine guns at the door and, he, and any there hasn't been one motherfucker at work like look at me and be like no way is like yeah you shut the fuck yeah, up you, you fucking know you know there's fuck pictures that. of the civil rights movement where there's on the same exact steps there's machine guns with soldiers stationed exactly <laughs> exactly and how many years ago like literally ma- like tripod machine guns not just like soldiers with them like these are literally like the bunker machine guns yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that yeah no that's what i mean like it's absolutely insane that that happened like that i i don't get it i I just don't get it, man. It's wild. Man. Uh, but thus far, nearly 82 arrests have been made in connection with the coup because the FBI's been seeking. I was gonna people. say, did you oh, see that? Yeah. Did you see the kid who walked out with like the podium? Yeah, and then uh, you saw he got arrested. I was about to say, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is totally on topic. For once, we let it be known. Room to talk has stayed on topic exactly once now. <laughs> um, the guy that wa- had a picture. I'm sure people have seen it. The guy with the picture of the podium walking. You know, he's real happy. That was Florida, man. <laughs> the embodiment of florida man yeah, he's from florida he's come it's to the capital literally florida man came to the capital and tried to walk away with that podium what the fuck don't just, worry they got him i just love the pure joy in that man's face he's so like happy. that's the happiest moment of his entire life is, is like that picture yeah to well, be fair, fucking, uh... that's a nice podium i would put that in my living room and you imagine i'd get a gavel and you, when my friends come in i'd be at that podium yeah well <laughs> 10 out of 10 podium <laughs> Yeah, now they can visit him in jail. Yeah, exactly. Him, but probably no not because he's from he's from Florida, but he probably got arrested in Washington. Oh uh, yeah, so he'll be up there. He won't be in Florida. I wonder if he drove or flew. Like if he flew, like was he gonna take that on the plane? Or like was he gonna like oh, ship my it God. to him? Like, Could FedEx you imagine trying to check that into fucking uh airport security? <laughs> I have an oversized <laughs> item I'd like to check in. <laughs> Literally the speaker's podium. Oh no. <laughs> So terrible. I got a kind of lighthearted one here. Okay. Ooh, good. Angry chickens wreck, wreak havoc at McDonald's parking lot drive-thru in New Jersey. Ooh. Of course it's in New Jersey. <laughs> finally. I've been guessing New Jersey on these news articles <laughs> for a while. We finally get one from New Jersey. Of course it's from New Jersey. Angry but, chickens. Hold up. Does it have meth involved? You know, I don't think so. There isn't meth with you the chickens? Might, the chickens might be on the meth. You don't know. You can't prove that. Yeah, they could have nibbled in a junkie's pocket or something. Florida chickens in New Jersey. Yeah. So, uh, Washington Township, New Jersey police received a 911 call around noon on Tuesday for a flock of chickens attacking a drive through customers in McDonald's parking lot on uh, Route 31 South. Jesus. So, Warren County Animal Control Officer Robbie Laganara responded to the 911 call. <laughs> he said he was able to tackle one chicken and chase a second chicken and capture it with a net. <laughs> <laughs> I tackled a chicken and then chased another one with a net. Where did he get the net? 
Well, he's police control officer. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said it was a police officer. I was like, do a police officer just out here carrying nets now? Well, the, someone called the police. He called nine one one, and they sent an animal control. Okay, officer. that makes more sense. Makes uh, more sense. Officials say the chickens are safe and will remain at Warren County Animal Control for seven days, and then be put up for adoption if the owners do not come forward. Going to chicken jail. That's what you get. Attacking customers in the McDonald's parking lot. I mean, I guess they were just taking a stand, you know? Yeah, no word chickens on the, get the short end. Chickens yeah, get no the short offense. end of the stick there. It's just a damn shame. And supposedly it was only two. It was only two. Wait. Like two? Yeah, two chickens were harassing people at this parking lot, and no one decided to like, hey, It's a chicken! Hey, those are my babies! You get the fuck away from me! <laughs> oh, wait. You ordered a quarter pounder? We're cool with that one. You let that one go. All right, you motherfucker. <laughs> Who's it, getting the nugs? Wait, it's only two chickens. Yeah. They're just chickens. And also, you probably it's probably drive-thru only. Yeah, you're in a car. How are the chickens even causing that much of a problem? I mean, They're I get scra- it. You call animal control no matter probably what, but... But, like... Scratching up some cars, probably. You're probably fine. Punt, punt it. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's a chicken. Just pick it up. I mean, yeah, but still. maybe. I, well, okay, they're in New Jersey. We are in rural Pennsylvania. It's it's a bit different. We kind of grow up around this stuff. Yeah. I literally grew up with a neighbor in like a relative development that had goats and chickens, and they like every now and then there'd just be a chicken coming down the hill. Like, I can't remember if happens. I said this on the podcast before. My girlfriend hit a deer once coming home, and she didn't. Like, the deer jumped out and basically rammed into her car, because deer do that. And uh, this girl just got out of her car behind my girlfriend, who, like, saw the whole thing happen. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. And she just got out, picked, like, a fucking, like, a branch out of the side of the fucking road. And just beat this fucking deer to death. I'm just like, I was dying on the side. Yeah, just some girl. Like, was just some random girl behind. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. I got it. Just came up. I'll kill this fucker. Boom, boom. Just beat this fucking deer to death on the side of the road. Put it out of its fucking misery. I was going to say, Me and her dad show up. And he has his pistol ready because he knows, like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll just give it a bullet. One, put it out of its misery. And we get there. And she's just like, you will not believe what just happened. (laughs) I mean, there with a bloody stick just like heaving big smile on her face yeah, anybody like, else want some anybody yeah. else you gonna jump out of the bush i was like where'd they go and she's like oh she just got back in her car and left i was like she just i was like she Jesus. was just yeah she just didn't want to wait there she just didn't want to wait there for my girlfriend and like us to get there we were only a couple fucking minutes away i mean Jeez. that kind of happened with me and carson we were driving down like a back road and a tree fell like right in front of us during a storm and we were like, oh, that kind of sucks. I mean, it wasn't a big one. It was, like, relatively small. But, like, it still, like, blocked the whole road and everything. Couldn't drive, like, over it. Yeah. And there was a lady that, like, saw it happen on the other side. Like, she was driving. She got out of her car. And she was like, hold on. Like, I live right down that way. I'll, like, I'll run home and, like, get something. And we were like, well, we don't feel like waiting. So we just picked up the tree and, like, moved it. We were like, we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> she must have came back to her car and we were just gone. <laughs> Speaking about car, uh, trees falling, being in the car... My luck. This is my luck. I have either the best luck in the world when it comes to, like, video games or just the absolute worst luck in the world. I was going to a family, um, like, Christmas party, and I was, like, the last one to get there. My dad had got there, like, three minutes before. You go down. It's one road. There's, there's like, a loop the whole way around. If you, I mean, there's one other way to get there, but it's a big sidetrack. <laughs> Three minutes. My dad goes through. Road's clear. I'm literally three minutes behind him. There's a tree blocking the entire road. It fell within three minutes. Isn't that freaky? Right 
like right next to like the house was in sight. I, I could see the house, yeah, but now dude. I'm stuck on the road to deal with this tree. And it's like, God damn, you couldn't have waited like five minutes to fall over. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, at least it didn't wait fucking until you were under yeah, it. Yeah, until I was under it. No, but that's yeah. the that's the way. But like I called my dad, I'm like, how did you get there? I'm like, he's like, what do you mean? I just drove. I'm like, how? There's a tree in the middle of the road. He's like, what do you mean? I'm, he's like, hold on. I see him walk out of the house. He's like, oh, geez. I'm like, yeah, there's a tree in the middle of the road. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like That's insane. What are the odds? I mean, that a tree just, and it was after, it was like the day after a heavy storm. So I'm imagining the tree got damaged in the storm. But like, what are the odds? It waits to fall until like right in the middle of that. So, uh, since Mike's usually the article man, but you know what? I saw something that I thought you guys would like today. Yeah? Yeah, so I got one for you. It's not really a news article. It was actually a Guinness World Record, but it Ooh. just popped up. It was just like this random shit that popped up on my Facebook, so I had to try it and try it out. I thought you would, uh, thought you would like it. So, anyway, my article. The Guinness World Record for most children born to one mother. Oh, God. Damn. Yo, I- they don't even know if this bitch is real. They didn't even know her real name. Because what it honestly came to was, she's from Russia. What it really came from, <clears throat> her husband. Her name is supposedly Valentina Vasilev. Vasilev. Vasiliev, uh, sure, something like that. Um, and, but her husband, Fyodor, with an F, not a TH. Okay. Yeah, Fyodor Vasiliev. I can't say it. Yeah, that's good. She birthed sixty-nine babies Jeez total Christ. in her lifetime. She lived to be seventy-six. Holy fuck! Between seventeen twenty-five and seventeen sixty-six, she had sixty-nine children. Get ready. Get fucking ready. Sixteen pairs of twins. Jesus. Seven sets of triplets and four sets of quadruplets. Oh my god. Did she give birth to a single baby? Well, all the rest. So she gave I I can't I have to say what is the uh, math on that? I have to see it. I had it somewhere, but not in the one that I have on my phone here. But the answer is yes. Yes. Okay. That's two of the only two of them died. Only two out of 67 out of the 69 children that she what, birthed. She what, year, all village. what year was this from? 17... That is, is impressive. In the 17, like, the 60s that, or 80s. The fact that only two died and she gave birth to, like, triplets. They didn't and, even know her name. She was just, like, the, the husband was just, like, a peasant in fucking, in, like, this really poor place in Russia. And this is the crazy part. He has more. He had 69 kids to her in eight to another one so he has 82 children damn jesus imagine the child support on that nowadays crazy (laughs) and it was a guinness book of world records because these are all like local documents that's where it all came from like how it got brought up yeah like all the because they were trying to find out if it was real or not that's and people like absolutely crazy some people speculate whether that's actually even possible for a woman and one they say it is yeah i think i think it was 27 i think it was 27 pregnancies yeah that she had and they said it is with all the triplets and stuff that those aren't eggs. Like, yeah, triplets aren't ag- separate eggs. Well, well what they I was, can be. What I was going to get at here is actually something that they're they're going to say to that. Yeah. One, it is possible for a woman to have twenty seven pregnancies while she 
before she hits menopause. That is possible. So they say that this woman, this could be possible. Also, there is a, ge- a genetic predisposition to women, which makes them hyper ovulate, which does make them uh, release more than one egg at a time, which just, they, it says it blows up the chances of, yeah. of well, uh, say multiple like, birth pregnancies. Like when you get a twin or sometimes triplets, it one egg splits into two yep. or three or four. Now that's identical, right? Fertilized. Yeah. Those are identical. And fraternal twins are two separate eggs. Correct. Because tw- identical twins are technically two of the same for the most part. You're basically split of the same person. Yeah, I, I think um, random mutations still occur, so there mm-hmm. are slight differences. After they split. In the- after they split, but for the most part, it's, I mean, most mostly identical. Yeah, I thought you guys would like this one. No, that's, 82 that's cool. children no, that's and her fucking 69 kids. Also, props on stopping at 69. That's a good number. Um, well, it's a sad thing that two... What, uh, okay, among the many crazy statistics about this entire fucking story 60 this is in the 1700s 67 of them lived yeah that's yeah. what i mean that's impressive that only two 60 died. fucking seven of them live especially that's when insane. you're giving birth to triplets like that back then you were lucky if you got one to live yeah you were lucky if the wife the mother lived yeah, yeah. at that point pregnancies, like and 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 they always they like even say in this they say that her name is speculated to be valentina it's it's Theodore, her husband, that is known to have the 82 children, and they don't know much about his first wife, and it's all speculated, so they just call her Mrs. Vasiliev. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just like, holy fuck. But there's, those are all, like, actual documents from the town of all of her children actually living, and the two that died. That's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. Holy fucking Jesus. Gotta be there's like, walking out eventually. I just, like how like there's just a point when like overbreeding just it's just like what they say about dogs like if you just overbreed like dogs that are just bred and bred and bred like yeah that thing's gonna like that that girl dog is gonna turn into a vicious fucking killer <laughs> or at least it's just gonna be pissed if you come try to touch it because it's just like you're always con like never once are they normal they're always constantly in a fucking motion of hormonal just fucking their body's just going through so much like how did she do it how could you go through 27 pregnancies because women are tough (laughs) don't fuck with women i mean yeah i mean i never (laughs) doubted that but that's still just like that's just outside the realm of like that's that takes a special woman superhuman yeah that's crazy oh my fucking god (laughs) that's your superpower yeah i can be pregnant forever (laughs) even him bro like he lived to be like men men just produce until they yeah i know but it's just like still at one point he's just gonna be like jesus christ like that's true how many uh, well well, back in the 1700s he probably didn't have to take care of those too much yeah you got a farm right you don't gotta do shit around the farm you got all these kids to do shit for yeah no that each (laughs) extra kid is at at that point in time that's free labor Rio. this free labor. gonna be the blacksmith group you're gonna be the farming group you're gonna take you, you're gonna tend to the animals i want you to be the potters you have your own little village yeah literally at that point you have you're the you're the tailors and i'm the mayor daddy mayor yeah <laughs> i'm gonna supervise you all that's what i mean is like some people like remember our old health teacher from school we won't say his name but you remember him and they were always just yeah, like oh he's trying to make a soccer rude. team yeah and fucking 
This motherfucker made a fucking league. <laughs> this man literally made a town. They could have simultaneous games going on. Yeah, <laughs> bro. He made a conference. Like, well, no. By the time the by the time the oldest or the youngest gets able to play, the oldest is going to be too old to play. <laughs> made a small fucking yeah, but he could coach. That's true. Coach. <laughs> made a fucking like small army. Oh man, though that's crazy. Here's a new story, kind of like close to my heart. A bright blue <laughs> UFO seen crashing into the ocean near Hawaii prompts calls to nine one one. I have something to say on this. Um, you saw. I'll this say before? it now. No, um, I was on my way here actually, and I was browsing Reddit because Kristen was driving, not me. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, <laughs> and I saw that. And I don't know if this is true, so okay, hundred percent. Don't take my word on this, but because especially since it was on Reddit, um, in the Corona stimulus bill, apparently the government has hundred and twenty days. I 180. think one hundred and eighty days to disclose all information on UFOs. Yeah, it was in the stimulus bill. That was, uh. there is so much shit in that stimulus bill. What? If you didn't know, they're, they're, they changed um, streaming too. Their streaming laws got changed in that bill. Hmm. Like that's not a stimulus bill. That's just a, we're gonna throw a bunch of shit in here, Bill. That's uh. the problem we've always had. Like the omnibus bills where they yeah, fucking, like shut everything. everything into it, and that's why so many things are just, like are dead on arrival. Yeah, like they have all these crazy like clauses in them, so they know they'll never get yeah. passed. But no, apparently they have like 180 days to release all information on stuff like this. Which, I mean... I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I saw that too. I, like, it, it's definitely exciting, but I'm also, like, not getting my hopes up. Because, I mean, they've done things like this before, and it's I never know. really, like... And, and it's never always been everything. I was going to say, and who's to say that they actually release everything? Yeah. They, if it's so well hidden... And usually there are still, like, redacted things in the release information. It, it's literally a whole page of black, except for, like, the word the... <laughs> You know, like, here you go. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> here you go. Here's your document. That's what you get. Everything else is redacted. You get Saturday. Hmm. I actually watched the video that someone took, like, of this, and it was, it was kind of cool. It was like, but... Um, and I say, I didn't hear about this, so what is it? Uh, an unidentified flying object spot in Hawaii caught enough people's attention to get the Federal Aviation Administration involved. FAA agents confirmed they did not re- they did receive reports about UFO from police who were getting several 911 calls about it. Callers say they saw a large blue object fall out of the sky and into the ocean. Multiple videos show the object flying uh, in the night sky near Halalaka Avenue in Nanakuli. Fair like, enough. This is Hawaii. So. Yeah. So we got these names that are hard to pronounce. Wouldn't it, have guessed. Like in the video, it looked. Almost like a telephone pole, like it was. It was a nighttime, but it looked almost just like a telephone pole, like up in the sky. Like it was like real, like slender so it was like and long. A well, no, or, no, oh, just a long, just long. like a long, like okay. pole almost. Yeah, and it was blue, like like cobalt blue. Okay, all right. Uh, and then like you see it, like like literally just kind of like starts dive, like it flies around for a while and like dives down like into the ocean. So it became a USO. Well, yeah. And there's uh, no, those are things. <laughs> no, yeah. I know. But just <laughs> oh shit, fellas, we got a call. We got to call a whole other group Get of the people. Coast Guard <laughs> Get the yeah. Coast Guard. Sorry, you guys are useless. We're not dealing with a flying object anymore. It's a submerged object. To yeah. be fair, if aliens are gonna hide anywhere, it's gonna be the ocean. Well, that I'm actually is a big thing. There's yeah. a lot more like unknown submerged objects than there are like UFOs. Yeah, like uh, we literally just discovered a new species of whale. And that's really? If, if a, yeah, it's it's a new beaked whale. 
it's big too. Like it's not like tiny little whale. It's big whale. No offense, but anytime I think a whale, I don't think tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so if we're still discovering things as big as whales in the ocean, I, like it, that would be the place you hide. What like is- people aren't gonna see you. It is a popular theory that, like, our, like, whole little, like, uh, solar system is just, like, a stopping off point for, like, greater, like, galactic travel. And, I mean, we have 70% water. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, literally, if you're advanced enough to get to this planet from another planet, odds are you're advanced enough to be underwater. All I can yeah, if imagine. If you can go through space, you can probably go through water. All yeah. I can imagine is just the, the Aquaman movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Here's like some testimony from oh eyewitness. I look up and then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> me too, bro. Me too. At me. Miss Tina Sapp said in an interview with a local news station, I started calling my husband. Then because they're all in the garage, I was like, hey, come look up here, see if you see what I see. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and my husband got out here and he was like. Oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. This one is going so fast. Sop said. She said she has never been a believer in UFOs, but the bright blue object intrigued her so much she jumped in the car and followed after it. Her investigation ended three miles later when the blue light, which she described as being larger than a telephone pole, appeared to fall into the ocean. It crashed through the water without making a sound. That's when uh, her and her husband called nine one one, and when officers arrived, all they spotted and uh, they spotted a second light in the sky. Oh, there were two. Mm-hmm. My husband went to look up, and he saw the white one coming. The white one was smaller. It was coming the same direction as the blue one. And he went, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and then the cops were like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> the white light passed over a nearby town and disappeared from view. Honolulu Police Department said they did not have any information about the case they could release. However, the FFA said it did not receive a report from the department about a possible airplane down in the area. Also, no aircraft disappeared off the radar, nor any reports of overdue or missing aircraft. To this day, I don't know, Sop said. Mm, fair enough. To this day, I don't know. <laughs> when was it? This was uh, last week, I think. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> yeah, a whole seven days later. <laughs> Talk about waiting for replies. Again, I like browsing Reddit, so this comes from Reddit. There was a little picture of... Uh, it was a comment on a YouTube video, and the guy guy commented saying, "You know, if anybody can tell me how to do this, you know, that'd be really appreciated. Like, I don't, I don't understand this." Posted that ten years ago. Somebody replied a month ago. The guy <laughs> replied instantly. He's, he's been waiting yeah. for ten years. The guy, one guy's like, "Oh, you just get a kit and do this." The guy's like, "Oh, thanks for that speedy response." And just like, "Damn, that's awesome." <laughs> like ten years. And he just replied instantly. That's just awesome. Waiting. Florida men rob graves of veterans because they have stronger spirits, Sheriff says. Ooh. What, <laughs> what does that, that have there. to do with why you rob the grave? So, oh, maybe that's what you could do later in Graveyard Keeper. Maybe you can get veteran bodies and that'll up your fucking graveyard. Yeah, you can yeah. make, like, soldier zombies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Two men are behind bars after what deputies say was a grave robbery for ritualistic purposes targeting veterans' burial sites. Quote, because the spirit is much stronger in a hero. <laughs> That's why we're robbing the grave sites? You're not wrong. Uh, the men, 43-year-old Brian Montalvo Tolentino and 39-year-old Juan Burgos Lopez, 
were arrested in Polk County after deputies said they broke into four separate graves and took body parts from each person inside. Oh, my. Uh, the vandals attempted to access a fifth grave, but they were unsuccessful. Uh, and the remains were stolen early December from the Edgewood Cemetery. During the news conference on Friday, the sheriff said that detectives searched Orange at his home and they found a shed with a religious shrine and seven skulls. So, like, they were using these in, like, religious purposes. Jesus. Damn. We served lots of search warrants, but the first time I'm aware of, what we found was a hollow <coughs> Mayombe shrine, which is, like, uh, it, it's, like, an African, like, basically, like, ritualistic culture, like, religion. Yeah. And they believe that, like, you can basically take, like, a cauldron, and you could basically make it into a home for a spirit, either, like, good or bad. Yeah. But if you like, if you want to use it for like dark purposes, you'd obviously want to take like body parts and stuff like that. Uh, and the purpose was to protect them from the spirits. Judd added, three of the four tombs raided belonged to members of the armed forces. Two were in the army, and well, one was a marine, and he was still wearing his uniform when they robbed his grave. Jeez, you want to speak about uh, robbing graves for um, ritualistic purposes? Uh... I believe this was Norse, so, like, ancient Vikings. And I don't know every single step, but I know the general idea of the whole thing. They had a um, a belief with their religion. Um, they would rob a grave of, and I think it was, like, of some wealthy person or somebody you considered lucky, so normally someone of high status. They would try to rob the grave... And literally skin, they would take the skin from their legs down on the grave and make them into pants. Ew. And they believed that by wearing these pants, essentially you could take the other guy's luck and wealth and good fortune into your life. Rob it of him from his afterlife and you would get it. Ew. These are like, my lucky you, pants. Yeah, you literally <laughs> take a corpse's skin and just make pants out of it, I guess. Like is the general idea and then you get their luck and like what would be their wealth kind of deal like that's that's kind of crazy Ew. there's so many times where my girlfriend's watching vikings where she was just like she, not literally she's like yeah, vikings she's are like, crazy man like it makes it like i'm literally getting sick Dude, the norse were crazy i don't care what anybody i love them they're, they're awesome but they were nuts. Who who wants to be sacrificed today? Yeah, me, me, me. me. Who wants Jesus? To, who wants to make corpse pants for luck? Me. This one scene I saw, the bitch was just like the fucking the 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 priestess. I guess you would say she was just like, I could use a cord around your throat or a knife. Which one would you prefer? <laughs> okay. Fuck that, bitch. Jesus Christ. They love it. I do like this here. Like, one of the men was quoted to say, uh, he referred to cemeteries as holy sites and shopping centers. And shopping centers. <laughs> oh, man, that is not a good way to look at a cemetery. Unreal. And then there's a picture, if you want to see it, of, like, their shrines. Whole, is that a katana? Yeah, I think so. What the? There's a katana in the shrine. It's hard to see with the light, but... Why does he have a katana? I... Wrong well, culture. So they, they like apparently a part of this religion is that like sticks are how you communicate with spirits. So what are swords? 
I, I don't know about swords. <laughs> like, like you, supp- you supposedly take like this cauldron and you fill it with sticks, and that's supposed to make like the pathway for like the yeah, spirit. Okay. And then like the other items you fill it with like imbue the spirit. Yeah. With, like it's about pal- like if you wanted to talk powers. to you, you put a mouth in there. Yeah. Like if you wanted to be able to think, you got to put a brain in there. Oh God. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. So okay. what's the point of having a mouth but no brain? <laughs> so maybe they wanted the spirit to fight for them. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe. They said it was for protection. Yeah, maybe they wanted the katana was so the spirit could fight for them and defend them. Yeah. However, I don't think giving a katana to a marine would do... They probably don't know how to use it. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I guess a sword's a sword. You swing it, it'll probably work if you yeah. contact. Yeah. I don't know how ghost rules work, but... Ghost rules? <laughs> I, I never met a ghost. I don't know. Maybe the katana's like a gun, and maybe in the ghost rules, maybe it can change. Depends on the universe, I guess. Yeah, maybe the weapon changes to whatever the warrior wants in after death. So (laughs) any weapon's as good as any weapon. It's a gun that shoots swords. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a sword gun. Just puts it's like the the people that put scopes on knives. I, I love those on Reddit. Just seeing a picture of a knife with like a scope on it. I'm gonna get you. It's great. Plus ten crit chance. Yeah. I have a, a nice little happy though story to end out the news stories with. Okay. Escaped hamster braves freezing temperatures to get to a candy store. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Animal rescuers in Scotland are searching for the owners of an escaped hamster that braves sub-freezing temperatures to make its way to a candy store. The Scottish SPCA said the hamster was caught on CCTV footage clinging to a person who entered the uh, Poundland candy shop in Glasgow on New Year's Eve. Just clinging to him. <laughs> like, just, I'm, I'm like picturing like the back of his like jacket, just like yeah. holding on. The hamster jumped off the apparently unaware shopper inside the store and was soon captured and turned over to the SPCA. Animal officer Arm- Amy uh, Sturton said the hamster is in good health despite his journey through the streets in temperatures that reached a low of five degrees. Oh, which I'm assuming is Celsius. That's yeah, because it's in Scotland. That's still probably deadly to hamsters, though. Yeah. We've named the little adrenaline junkie Tom Cruise for now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Given his Mission Impossible-esque attempt to get some treats from Poundland, Stilton said. Uh, officials are now attempting to find the hamster's owners. Given how unusual this year has been, it feels appropriate to round off 2020 with such a bizarre job, she said. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, speaking of hamsters and whatnot... Uh, and to anybody that lives in Pennsylvania, this obviously applies to you too. Maybe you guys don't know. It's illegal to own a hedgehog here. Yeah. Yep. And, and I don't understand it. I, their reasoning is if it gets out, it would destroy our ecosystem. You Those can't, motherfuckers can't live through winter in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's you can't. Too uh, cold. You can't have. Uh, they will freeze to death and die. You can't have turtles either. Yes, you can. That got changed. Really? Yeah, because oh. the Calico Creek sells red red eared sliders. Oh, okay. Funny, you couldn't. It was um, there was a time where you it was illegal correct, in it Pennsylvania. Was illegal. It was illegal to sell them oh, or buy uh, them. Owls too. You that can't one, have a you can't have a pet owl. That doesn't surprise me. Um, I guess why? if you have a barn owl. I guess if a barn owl just like comes to your barn, it's not a thing. But you can't capture an owl. Well, yeah, I can see that. I can see you not being able to capture. An owl. Well, that's what you like have to they, do to make it a pet. Red owls. I feel like you could buy an owl. Yeah, you can buy definitely buy an owl. The, well, the you reason- can buy anything, Mike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can buy, an but owl it's somewhere. illegal to do so. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's just all. I'm but yeah, uh, red-eared sliders can be sold in Pennsylvania now. Okay. I think before they didn't want them because. Uh, they weren't. I don't think they're native here, um, and they were worried about. But 
but they naturally migrated here, I think. Yeah. So they're here now anyway, so they're like, well, this is a stupid law. And yeah. people got them and let them out. Probably, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> because it, was, it wasn't illegal to own them. Oh, I had friends in high school illegal. that had gators, bro. They bought, they like. The fuck? Yeah, bro. There's a kid who literally, they had a fucking gator. And then they, and I'm pretty sure they got a second one later on. And that you say, do yeah, for yeah. real. No, fuck it, that. It, is, it wasn't fuck illegal that. to own them. It was illegal to buy them. <laughs> it is illegal to absolutely own a hedgehog in Pennsylvania, regardless of the fact that they couldn't actually live here. Um, right. But, yeah. Because I've owned red-eared sliders for... My turtles are god dang near almost as old as me. They're uh, That's awesome. I think they're only seven years younger, so they're like 18. Yeah, so I think you've had them as long as I've known you. I've had them as long as I've known you, yes. There was a girl that we worked with at uh, KFC. She had some, she had a big tanks with some turtles in them. Yeah. It was pretty cool. No. Um, <coughs> but yeah, no. Turtles are uh, Turtles are cool. cool. They're crafty as fuck. Yeah. Like Anybody turtles. thinking about getting a turtle, they are crafty as fuck. They will escape. My turtles work together in a team. They do. They stand on each other's back and crawl out of the tank. That's awesome. I was literally in the middle of a League of Legends game, and a turtle jumped on my head. Because my tank was on my desk above me, and a turtle just came airborne at me. Like, it was the most surprising. And they got out in my grandma's house all the time. I had to let the cat into the basement because we lost a turtle. We couldn't find it for, like, half the day. And my dad finally was like, you know, we, I bet you the cat would go right to it if you put, in, put it down there. Dropped the cat in the basement. Cat went straight to the turtle. Like, straight yeah. up went straight to the turtle. I was like, oh, thank you. I, I was so worried. My dad came downstairs and he was like, you're missing a turtle. I'm like, what do you mean <laughs> I'm missing a turtle? He's like, there's only one in here. Where's the other one? I'm like, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> It had to have been gone for a while because it, it was, like, in the corner of the room, like, under a bunch of stuff. I don't know how it even got there. Just little Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, I'm going on an crafty. adventure. Turtles are crafty. Well, to you got to be crafty when you got a fucking shell on your back. They're Bilbo faster home. than people think, too. Yeah. But. Everything's got to be a fucking challenge. Yeah. I think we're uh, ready to actually start the uh, research topic. We keep getting fucking longer and longer into these intros, and I love yeah, it. I know, it's great. I love these news articles. They just <laughs> make so me laugh. Fun. I know, they made me laugh so um, bad. All right, so. Who are we going into again? We are going to talk today about Grimgore Ironhide, widely known as the Green Slaughterer, the once <laughs> and future Git, and that is Git as in G-I-T. The Git. Okay. <laughs> And the insult version. The boss of the East. The <laughs> boss of the East. So, one thing people need to know about orcs, and this is just a little backstory on all orcs in the Warhammer universe. Okay. They're not like orcs in any other goddamn universe. Okay. They are absolute units. Most of them stand at least a foot or two above men. Aren't they plants too? I don't know. I I don't know that one. Okay, well, okay. At least in Warhammer 40k, they're plants and they're like a fungus. Well, they're like they get sent to like a planet and they grow. They just grow and then they just like colonize the whole fucking planet. Okay. But but, and I'll say this now: there is a separation between Warhammer lore and Warhammer 40k lore. Okay, so we're in just regular. And we Warhammer. are in regular, which Warhammer. is like the medieval okay. like styled one. Yeah, Warhammer is medieval sword and shield magic. Well, they have like guns and stuff too, and like kind of they like have siege technology. They have like, muskets. Yeah, muskets okay. and trebuchets. Okay, and like big cannons. Okay. So medieval 
like think 1500s kind of warfare for the humans okay um most other races you still use bows and axes and stuff like that but the humans have like cav like modern day kind of cavalry well i shouldn't say modern day like 1500 style cavalry and stuff like that so orcs stand above men they literally their biceps are bigger than most men's head and <laughs> they just fight that is all orcs like to do. They do nothing else. They fight. They go to war. They pillage. And then they come back and bring all their treasures to DeBoss. Yeah, when they're not fighting other people, they're just fighting in the like amongst themselves. And literally, if yeah, if they get if awesome. they don't fight long enough, orcs get bored and fight each other. Entire <laughs> orcs armies have died because they just got bored and started fighting each other. And then there aren't enough people, there aren't enough orcs left to form the walk. They all just have an innate fucking just Yeah, they they're just gumption to fuck each other like, up. And trust me, Grimgore is worse than most orcs when it comes to fighting. Well, that's how you move up in the orc society. Yeah, you, you literally kill you kill the other warlord. Yeah, I feel like you, if you have the name Grimgore. Yeah. Ironhide. And that matters. His, his hide is as hard as full plate armor. I mean, Jesus. Um, so orcs are at and they're dumb. They are <laughs> so they they're just so dumb. But their dumbness like works for them. So and this isn't strictly proven in regular Warhammer. It's proven in 40k. Orcs are so dumb they don't need to actually think about things to do it if they believe it works it works it just, <laughs> like literally in 40k or in warhammer it's theorized that the orcs gods gork and mork <laughs> gork is brutally cunning and mork is cunningly brutal if i got that right <laughs> and, th and cunning is spelled with a k because orcs <laughs> yeah um their gods were willed into existence by the orcs Okay. The orcs believed so heavily so, in these. Okay, so the orcs created Gork and Mork instead of Gork and Mork creating the orcs. Yeah, but but Gork and Mork created the orcs in their minds. I okay, believe. so they believe it. Yeah, yeah. but it's, but in reality, yeah. Okay, so this is like, trippy. And like in 40k, if orcs pick up scrap like a gun, it doesn't matter if the gun doesn't have ammo. If they believe it's gonna shoot. It'll shoot. What's that? Why do they have this like magical like? Well, like because people say like they're the most powerful psychers in the universe. Like they have the most powerful like mind powers in the universe, just because they can like oh. anything into existence. But they're insane. They don't they're, like because they're so dumb. They don't know about it. Correct. So they just do it. <laughs> yeah. So they just do it. Like that's what I love about orcs. They're great. Like so they people, don't know how to use this kind of like. But they just know it works. Inherent ability. Yeah. But. They just throughout like so their lives. Dumb, they so, just like since they're so dumb, they're so powerfully psychic. Like <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a trade off. Like yeah. so like funny. you can't be this powerfully psychic if you're smart because you'd go insane and kill everybody. But if you're dumb, <laughs> apparently it just works because you want to kill everybody anyways if you're an orc. Like people have captured orc ships and they couldn't figure out how to fly them and stuff like that because like if there's no orcs believing it's going to work, it's not going to fly. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And orcs believe in uh, the orcs form wogs, which is essentially just a bunch of orcs on a warpath. And that's what Grimgore is known for is having the most powerful and unstoppable log pretty much ever to have walked the um the 40, 40 uh, the Warhammer universe so 
He is considered by many to be one of the greatest black orc warlords to ever lived. It was quickly understood by many of Grimgore's enemies that this warlord was no ordinary greenskin. His lust for battle, tremendous, even by orc standards. And that's a lot. And that is a lot. <laughs> like, like we said, orcs, literally, if you don't fight for like probably even a week or two, you they're just, just going to start fighting each other. You just get mad and start fighting. Yeah, anyway. they just get bored and they just start literally fighting each other with weapons and then they just die. Like... So, um, and his skills were amazing in combat. So, as always, he looked for the heaviest fighting and the strongest opponent to test his skills upon. That was his main goal. He always just picked he out wanted, the most brutalist. Mo- he, he wanted just, a challenge. Yeah. I'm going where the he shit was, is. He was so powerful that nobody gave him a challenge. Uh, Sounds like was, Logan Nine Fingers. Exactly. He was backed up by his black orc bar- bodyguard, Da Immortals. Da Immortals. <laughs> you were making fun of Da Hammer. Yeah. Da Hammer. And, and that's Immortals spelled I M M O R T U L Z. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, see, I'm surprised they like, use such a big word. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> they must be really fancy, like the best of the best. Grimgore is the best. The brutal will of Gork made manifest. That is what people said about him. <laughs> he he was believed to be Gork's champion in the eyes of the orcs. Um, he nobody knows, and this is the cool part about Grimgore. Nobody knows where he came from. Hmm. He his past is an absolute mystery. He came staggering out of the blasted wastes with a number of grisly and tired, hungry black orc bodyguards. And those became known as the Immortals. Because the blasted lands are just inhospitable. There's wyverns everywhere. It's a sheer desert. Like, no human goes there. They they just die. Um, Damn, you just die if you go there? Pretty much. I mean... It's just so like hot and it's, like it's inhospitable to humans. Okay. And be, the like, air is like just like said, unbreathable. You have, you have to remember this is. I mean, you don't die the second you enter, but if you march an army across the wastes, you're gonna lose like half of it. Because like gotcha. remember, this is medieval. We don't have modern like yeah. air conditioning. We 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 can't carry all the the water we need in vehicles. So you have a water skin, and when you're marching across temperatures that probably rival Death Valley, yeah, you you know march an army across Death Valley, except make it three times bigger <laughs> at least, and tell me how many men are going to survive that. Fair enough. So like the fact that he even. And there are some savage orcs that live in the wastes, but it's not a ton. Um, so the fact that nobody knows where he came from, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is kind of um, cool when you have a character like that. Yeah, who knows? He could have been willed into existence by the yeah, like, like, will of Gork. Like they think he's the they think he's the will of Gork made manifest. So if enough orcs believed in that, he could have literally just popped into existence. He's like, he's just the Darth Vader of this universe. <laughs> um, sorry, my eyes are adjusting because I keep looking to you and to the mic, and the sun is like right in my eyes. Sorry, but I'm working yeah, on good. new uh, new uh, um, curtains there. 
So as he marched out of the blasted wastes with those with the immortals, upon his entry to the northern part of the world's edge mountains, which is where most orcs live. Um, well, I shouldn't say most orcs. Like I said, there's tribes that live in the wastes, and those are led by Wurzag, the great green prophet. We'll talk about him later because he's really fun in another yeah, he podcast. Is pretty cool. He has really cool lore. But who's better? Oh, a Grimgore probably. Okay. In a one-on-one fight, Grimgore. But right, Wurzag, the Great Green Prophet, he's a he's a wizard. So like comparing him to Grimgore in this universe, in Warhammer universe, wizards really weak at like actual combat. But when you put him up against an army. Oh boy! How does that work? Well, he is. Like, they have big, AOE big AOE spells, and, and like, you know, we'll, you'll actually see how it works okay. um, in the lore because we'll get there. Okay. Um, okay. So as he marched out of there, he quickly went to the northern part of the world's edge mountains, and he took over a few tribes of greenskins. And within a month, he had carved out a small empire for himself. From there, it's pretty quick. Yeah, literally a month. He just lit- no orc could stand <laughs> against him. So from there, he sat on a on a I campaign. Just like how no orc just like was like beat him. They they tried. <laughs> Trust me, the orcs tried. Or, I mean, so orcs, his will is just better than all the other orcs. Well, no, Grimgore is just an amazing fighter. He's a savage. He's he is the bit. And he's a black orc. That matters. Okay. Like, you remember how I said, remember how I gave you the description of a regular orc? Yeah. Black orcs are bigger than orcs uh, okay. by another and foot or two. And meaner. <laughs> they, they, hit, they hit big, better, and arder. And orcs, arder. Yeah, orcs don't like certain uh, letters. Yeah. Okay, also, everyone in Warhammer also has a British accent. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. It's like Doctor Who, where all the uh, aliens are British. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So from here, he set out on a campaign of war and destruction. The the northern world's edge mountains had rarely seen in their history. He first set his eyes on the dwarfs of Karak Kadrin. While many battles would follow, the dwarfs suffered defeat after defeat at Grimgore's hands. They could not touch him. However... Once, not once, did Grimgore actually try to take the city. He instead was absolutely content with waiting outside the city for the armies to come to him, killing them, letting them retreat, and letting them come back to try to kill him again. (laughs) Because he just wanted to fight. He didn't want the city. Grimgore literally just wants to prove himself. He wants to take on the strongest enemies possible. And this to him was just fun. He just literally liked killing dwarves. And it's crazy. I like killing Dustuntees. Yeah. (laughs) It was literally to the point where the dwarves lost so many men trying to defeat him. They simply had to close the gates of their hold and defend the walls until the winter came. And Grimgore had to walk away. <laughs> They're like, fuck, we can't do this. Yeah, we literally can't make him leave. We're gonna have to wait for winter because he can't st- he can't sit outside our gates during winter. It's it it it's he would lose too many men. <laughs> Not that Grimgore cares about his army, but you gotta retreat during winter. You yeah, know? you need an army to win. So at that point, 
Grimgor grew bored of simply killing dwarves. So he turned his army away and went northwest, crossing the mountains down Peak Pass into the nation of Kislev. And again, Grimgor proved unstoppable. Towns were destroyed, their people killed. Three Kislevite armies were sent to stop this new threat. All three armies were destroyed. As Grimgor approached the city of Kislev itself, which was their capital, nature turned against them, and a massive blizzard was summoned, actually, by Katarin, the Ice Queen. And this is where wizards come into There's play. There's always an Ice Queen. <laughs> well, Kislev, Kislev kind of is Russia, actually. Okay. It's a good comparison. They're okay. a frozen northern nation. They don't have massive amounts of people to throw it, but... Think of them kind of as Russians in a way. Um, so she summoned a big blizzard. And because of that, Grimgor couldn't advance on the city. It froze thousands of his orcs. And get this. Not only did thousands of his orcs freeze, dozens died at Grimgor's hand. Because he was raging at being stopped. <laughs> he was so mad that he couldn't march on that city. He just started killing his own men. Oh, uh, who wants to tell the boss that we can't march anymore? <laughs> That's a real thing. You do not want to give the war boss bad news. Uh, it, he's like, and you'll see it again and again. Like, you don't give Grimgor bad news. You tell the guy next to you to give it to him. Right. Um, so... As he was raging, orc shamans began to speak of this storm being unnatural. And because of this, he eventually turned his horde around and headed back into the mountains. And, and proving that it was unnatural, that his shamans were right, as he marched away, the storm abated. The blizzard <laughs> fell. So Grimgor turned around, and then the blizzard came right back. Man. Yeah. You just can't. Could, could you imagine up. getting taunted like that? Yeah. Just, ah, the blizzard's gone, boys. Get him. Just turn around and it's back. Fuck. Duck clouds taunt me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's the power of wizards. The wizards, like, if Grimgor and, um, if Grimgor and Katarin were in the same room, she's dead. Yeah. Just dead. Yeah. But because there's, like, miles separating them, wizards are so powerful that, that they can stop the army. And as powerful as Grimgor is, he can't take the city by himself. Mm -hmm. I, well, I shouldn't say that. Odds are he can't take the city by himself. Yeah. <laughs> but He probably could. He might be able to. So, at that point, from retreating, well, not retreating, getting bored and giving up, yeah. uh, he Again. decided that he needed a base from which he could strike out at the world from. So he decided to go take the abandoned dwarf hold of Karak Ungor. There were a few night goblin tribes living in there, but they were no match for Grimgor. He just subjugated them yeah, not standing and, up to the and assimilated them. No. Goblins are called gits, by the way, <laughs> because that's how orcs refer to them. They don't like them. They just say git. So they're the gits. Um, goblins are probably a little bit shorter than men in the Warhammer universe. Not much. Um, but goblins whole thing is they're sneaky. Mm -hmm. They're cunning because that's the only way they can live in orc society. They can't match an orc's might, but if you can stab the orc in the back before he knows what's happening, yeah. you know, you can win the fight. 
Shiesty little fuckers. Yeah. They have to be. So Grimgore assimilated those night goblin holds, and night goblins are known as being the sneakiest. So they're makes sense. They're kind of like the black orcs of goblins. You know, they're they're just better than regular goblins. So he's normally. got the best orc and the best goblins. For the most part, well, I wouldn't say the best goblins, but second, oh, okay, because uh, Scarsnick, um, and he's in the game, the Warhammer game. He's probably got the best goblins. He's really cool. We'll talk about him eventually. Not <laughs> here. But I would I probably will do research topics on most of the <laughs> at least orcs. Hell yeah. Um I, I the orc lore in Warhammer is so cool. And yeah. like, so it's also just like funny too. Like yeah, yeah, this is yeah, well, this orcs, is kinda cool. Like. Orcs are so cool and so comical because they're so dumb. Yeah. They literally just want to fight. That yeah. is the whole purpose of an orc. I like when you give like stories and mainline behind like characters like they're obviously like the savage brutish kind of like race and stuff but you still give them like like the power like the little willpower of stuff working and like them being dumb but they still have obviously like iconic members like these guys and like grimgore and these yeah. other guys that you're talking it's not about like those like stupid dumb i mean they're just not like Book smart. No, they can, they're pretty stupid, dumb sometimes. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, they, I, they can survive. Yeah, obviously, yeah, but there's obviously like smart ones in between their own ranks Correct. too, and it's just there like they, are some smart orcs. Those are called mechs. Yeah, I guess I, I guess what I was saying is like it gives them their own little culture, yeah, and it's not own, just like orcs have a very unique culture yeah. in Warhammer specifically. Um, like a lot of orcs in most fantasy settings are pretty the same, um, but Warhammer orcs are just they're. The same, but they're completely different. Yeah, it's it's almost like like the orcs is like the description of them, like the physical description of them is close to the same, but how they react and like correct and are in the world is completely different. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm I'm enjoying it. So after he assimilated those tribes from this position, Grimgore could s- strike at the dwarfs of the World's Edge Mountains. So the the dwarfs that he was previously fighting, he's close enough to them to fight, and then. When spring and summer roll around, he can strike from the humans of the Kislev Empire and the regular Empire, which the Empire persists into 40k. Yeah. um, So they're like the they're the big human. Uh, there's like other nation. like pockets of like smaller human nations, but like the empire is like the biggest human nation, and the, okay. they are the strongest. Yeah. They are the ones that eventually unite all the humans mm-hmm. and drive. All they the they, they essentially out. win the planet. Yeah, uh, essentially Warhammer. If you boil it down to like the base, it's all the races struggling to win the planet. They wanted to. They just want to delete the other the other races and and that's like it. they have like powerful coalitions of like mages like casting these huge like world cal- like calamities like onto the other nations and shit like oh, that. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, like it's it gets crazy. It, it does. Damn. It's such. There's so much story. Um, but yeah. So the empire is the one that spoilers essentially wins. I mean. <laughs> It's not spoilers if you've ever played anything 40k. Yeah. Because the Emperor is, you know, the big figurehead. And mm-hmm. obviously, you can you can tell by that it's the Empire. Um, so he could strike out at them from there. And the best part is... Uh, before... <laughs> the best part is, in the bottom holds of his new Citadel, the Skaven were there. And if you don't know anything about Warhammer, Skaven are rat men. Hmm. 
and they they are really incredibly sneaky. They spread plague, and they have like and they cities big, under cities. Th- all of their cities are underneath <laughs> cities, like in the and they have and massive oh. networks of dug tunnels. Huh. And because they're rats, they literally just subjugate their own people. They have thousands upon thousands of Skaven slaves that just dig tunnels day in, day in until day out until they die. And like there's literally tunnels connecting like all their cities together. Correct. And when they and when they die, they just use those Skaven slaves as food. I mean, and the rats. They're literally rats. They will eat anything. They reproduce by the hundreds. That's fucking wild. So eliminating yeah. them is like impossible. Um that's fucking wild. You yeah, can really only That's kind of cool. Them, like. Yeah, you literally you just kind of deal with Skaven when they pop up, and then that's it. You let them do their thing until they pop up. You fight them. You beat them. And then you wait until they pop up again because it's going to happen. <laughs> little rodents. I mean, like, they're big, like, too. Like, they're probably, like, people-sized almost. Big rodents. Yeah, maybe just, like, a little bit smaller, kind of like goblins. Jesus and the nice And the thing that makes this fortress perfect for Grimgore is because there were Skaven in the lower holds... That gave him somebody to fight during the winter. So Grimgore can now fight during the fall, summer, winter, and spring. He can fight year-round. Jesus so Christ. So this hold is absolutely perfect for him. And the, All an orc could ask for. Exactly. Grimgore has all an orc could ask for. A little kid in a candy store. Uh, before the coming of Grimgore, the upper levels of Karak Ungor were held by the Night Goblin tribe known as the Red Eyes. The Red Eyes for many years had been battling with a foe from the lower reaches of this dwarf's hold. These foes were the Skaven of the clan Moors and clan Mulder. Skaven form clans. They're not a united nation. Hmm. And clans often fight each other. Yeah, so that's why uh, they keep popping up like that. And you just, Yeah, so... It's not actually a fucking... Upon hearing of the Skaven below, Grimgore and his black orcs quickly joined the battle. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Need it. Hundreds of Skavens died at the hand of Grimgor and his boys. But this, unsurprisingly, seemed to not matter to the Skaven. Every time one was forced to de- every time one force was destroyed and tunnels cl- cleared of rats, new hidden tunnels would appear. And rats would jump out and ambush. Rats orcs. for days. Yeah. <laughs> Skaven are literally the masters of hit and run tactics in this universe. Makes sense. Because well they're rats. They're yeah. so weak. They're weaker than normal men, so you have to make up with that, like the goblins do, with cunning. You have to have better strategies. And Skaven don't necess- aren't necessarily the smartest, but they spread plague. Like, they are plague masters. Oh, uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, their wizards aren't don't actually cast, like, they're not like an ice mage. Um, they, they are plague mages. They spread plague and cast doom spells to just absolutely decimate civilization. I give you fleas! Yeah. <laughs> Except these fleas make your skin rot off. So, okay, fair enough. <laughs> as I said, Grimgore had found his never-ending battle, and he was content for a little bit. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, in, the, in the spring, he would lead a portion of his forces out to attack the lands above, and in the winter, he would return, head deep into the tunnels of Karak Ungor and the World's Edge Mountains to slaughter Skaven. As time passed, Grimgore and his horde began to drive the Skaven back deeper and deeper into the tunnels. And this is a problem for the Skaven because when they were fighting the Night Goblins, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's kind of like cunning goblins versus cunning ratmen. They're pretty even in terms of footing, so not one of them was necessary. The Skaven weren't getting pushed back. Um, 
But now Grimjaw's here. Yeah. The loss, the losses on both sides of the armies were absolutely tremendous. Grimgore did not care about the losses, obviously, since the battle was all that was important. I like this guy. And this, and this is all orcs' mentality. Orcs don't care too much about the losses. Yeah. They do to an extent, but, I mean, Grimgore absolutely doesn't. But, like, the average orc, if his buddy dies next to him, he's just going to fucking start swinging his axe at the next... Now there's two people for him to fight, so he's yeah. happy, <laughs> you know? Do um, they have blood brothers? I don't think so. Damn. It was, I was in Shadow of War. There was an achievement that I just got, and it was uh, you make a, an orc kill his blood brother. Oh man, <laughs> it was so That's funny. That's not cool. Yeah, it's so funny. He was just like, "So this is what it come down to, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the bright lords pinning us against each other. Like, oh, Screw man. you. <laughs> I never liked you anyway. Oh no. Yeah, you know <laughs> when they hit him with the I never liked you anyway. They're lying. <laughs> You just know they're lying at that point. Yeah, but he killed him. Yeah, and yeah. I got that achievement. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck so, your blood, brother. Because they were getting pushed back, the leadership of Clan Moldor was becoming concerned. Grimgor was pushing the Skaven back, and unknown to him, he was approaching the border of Clan Moldor's home base. It's called Hellpit, in case you were curious. So that's another... That's a Skaven base oh so, so that is you put, underground so he, so he pushed other skavens into other skavens well no he pushed the skavens front line so far back well the one clan's front line so far back they were at their base at this point jesus which is really really hard to do especially in the tunnels yeah the tunnels that, Th- that is literally the skavens home turf it's it's absolutely like the humans can't do that the humans just can't um, one Skaven in particular was becoming especially concerned. Throt the Unclean. Mm. <laughs> the master of Mulder himself saw Grimgor as a threat, not to his people, but to his experiments. Skaven don't care about other Skaven. There's so many of them, yeah. they don't need to. They just think everyone's expendable. Yeah, exactly. But his experiments... Don't mess with the Skaven's Plague experiments. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mr. Man. Grimgore was getting too close to Throt's personal lab and his toys. So to put a stop to this threat, Throt gathered together his strongest rat ogres. Rat ogres? Rat ogres. And they are just as terrifying as they sound. They are big monstrosities. I don't... I should have looked this up, but I don't remember how they were created. Aren't they, they like mutated? Or they're something? mutated in some way, shape, or form to just be <laughs> big ass rats. Jesus Christ! Like yeah, literally, teenage. take an ogre, make it a little bit furry, and put a rat head on it, and give it claws. They've got claws. Teenage mutant rat ogre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're terrifying. They're bigger than a black orc, and they are strong and they rage. Damn. Um, Berserkers. Yeah. <laughs> Radzerker. <laughs> so, Throt gathered together his strongest rat ogres and unleashed them on the approaching orc horde. It took Grimgor, Grimgor and his orcs by surprise. The dozens of rat ogres were at first able to drive the invaders back until Grimgor finally got over his surprise. He's like, okay, I got my feet. I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> boy, he smiles. These are some rat ogres. <laughs> I know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> He's smiling. He quickly found a spot from where he could fight back against this new challenge. 
New challenge. Grimgore is on the top of the world again. He just wills it. He has found a challenge that he deems worthy of his might. That's awesome. <laughs> Placing himself... Stand back, boys. Let me do this. Exactly. <laughs> and he does. He placed himself in a narrow tunnel. Grimgore stood alone against the rat ogres. And while the orcs and goblins fled back up to the upper levels, Grimgore stood there for hours battling rat ogres, killing all that came against him. Soon the rat ogres and Skaven pulled back. They ran away. They were unable to defeat this mad green monster. I love it. I love it when one badass motherfucker just stands off with just a horde. And the rat ogres too, man. Like, yeah, I know. I love it when... Because some people are always like, eh, he's overpowered. That doesn't make... And it's just like, no, fuck you, bro. That's awesome. I don't give a fuck. Just imagine yeah, if he he's, did. He's That's a badass. The best thing that you want to do in any fucking situation is just turn around and whoop everyone's fucking man, ass. And like, this motherfucker does it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, while Grimgore is a <laughs> badass by all means... He is not the strongest person in this universe. Oh, he Jesus. Is, he's not busted. Motherfucker. There are in Warhammer, there are very few select individuals, and every race has at least one. They're just absolutely crazy powerful. Just OP. Yeah. And and because of that, no one race is really able to ever get the upper hand. Okay, Makes you know sense. that's, yeah, that's kind, kind of, of the cool. balance of power. If everybody if everybody has an overpowered character, nobody has an overpowered character. You now, know, I've heard you talk about these being. The, I've heard you say they're games. Are they books? They are books. Forty um, k at least. I don't yeah, know. There's a lot of like. I've I listened think to a lot of the audiobooks for 40K. 40K has some crazy-ass lore and books, and a lot of them are on audio. It's basically all this, but put it in space. Yeah, put it in space. So, and, like, future tech. Okay, so how do you, like, where would you start with all this, like, lore and Warhammer? In regular Warhammer, um, Total War, uh, Warhammer, great game. It'll give you a very basis of the lore you'll become familiar with all the characters i'm talking about because they are all playable race heroes yeah they're like mm. the generals of the they are the generals of your race of your you race. can hire other ones but the main the, and they're called mythic heroes i think or like legendary they're called legendary lords um Cool. I'll uh I'll find links to some of these games and some of the books and stuff like that, and we'll put them in the comments. When I was say it's like a Total War game. So yeah, like, Total War, like Warhammer. They have, yeah. they have they have like Attila and stuff like and that. Like Rome okay. and, and stuff. Rome. So, cool. um, and they they do a decent job with the lore. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, we'll try to put some links up for that. I just but wanted you to get, will some, get. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this is all like as I said. <coughs> it was, I was like, originally wait. a tabletop. Correct. This yeah. is originally yeah. a tabletop, and. I can't find any... I couldn't find... And I only did this for like 20-30 minutes. So I didn't dig very deep. But I couldn't find it. So I couldn't find any sources. But I remember reading somewhere that this lore was determined by the tabletop game. Yeah, hmm. I'm pretty sure like uh, when they were like originally like releasing it, they would have like the players like in like the competitions like play out battles that like it from like the actual lore. and if like oh, the wow. orcs won the battle they won and the funny thing is the orcs weren't ever supposed to do well and they ended up doing and they ended up never losing a battle <laughs> that's awesome they, they would base like the next step of the lore based on like how those yeah. battles went that's awesome so, and we'll get to that i'll sh- i'll tell you where i'm 90 percent sure but like i said i couldn't find any i only googled a little bit i couldn't find anything corroborating what i remember reading okay but i'll i'll 
bring that back up. Gotcha. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I just you're wanted, good. I was like sitting there. I, I like the like, question hey. because, like, yeah, if you like this Grimgore stuff, it seems like a lot. For, it, it is a lot. Um, I like it, but it's like, <laughs> like a whole world with like it, it, literally this is a whole world. Races. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was gonna say. And, it's, like, it's very in depth. I and, like and it. And this game has been flushed out since the nineties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. Like my dad played Warhammer when I was a child. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that is really cool. This this whole genre, this whole game, has had over twenty years to develop its lore. That's so. Cool. Yeah, I was like, there's so many, like, which is why there's so much. I mean, pushing thirty now. Yeah. So, and I like that question because, like I said, you can play the game. The yeah. game, first off, the game, awesome. I love it. It's a great game. Um, but you're not, it's going to kind of be like Dark Souls-esque. You'll get some lore given to you, mm-hmm. but if you want all the lore, you, you got to go online. You got to read. You, you got to read. You can look, there's YouTube videos, but yeah. Um, so, when Grimgore found this spot and killed all of these ogre rat ogres and they retreated throt the unclean became enraged it seemed that he would personally have to confront this menace to have his peace so gathering up his most dangerous creations throt marched out to face grimgore the great green monster however grimgore had left <laughs> already in a rage over having to stop his experiments to deal with the green skins Throt turned around and unleashed his his creations upon the Empire. And I believe that's what takes us into the Vermintide game. Oh, really? I think. Oh, really? that's cool. Yes. Huh. I believe. There's like this Vermintide game store about, like, you play, like, one, like humans. Yeah, you play, like, humans, and, like, you're a hero. And you go through and you literally just kill, like, Skaven are so assaulting the city. Skaven. Skaven are attacking the city. And you are trying to save it. Like, and you go through each level and fucking just mowing through hordes of Skaven. And rat ogres and stuff. Yeah. It's like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, but it's with basically rats. Left 4 Dead but Skaven. Holy yeah, and like shit. medieval. Yeah, it's a really cool game. Holy shit. It's fun. Yeah, so... You so, guys are going to have to show me some videos after this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to it's say, really like, cool. I want to see some um, of this stuff. Um, and this is showing, like, all the lore... Is interconnected. Yeah, and it's so cool that between all these different like fucking mediums and like games and and like online, it's crazy because normally, like in most lore, what what a character's actions do only really affect him. This this Grimgore's action of literally just wanting to fight things affected the Empire. They had a disaster because of this. Yeah, Um, that's crazy. And you want to hear the best thing? Grimgore had disappeared back to the upper reaches. Grimgore did not flee the tunnels beneath the World's Edge Mountain because he feared the approach of Throt. Actually, he didn't even know the Skaven was coming. He got bored. Again. <laughs> Again. So he left. Grimgore was like, hmm, no more rats fight. Me leave. I and just fucking walked away. I killed all your rats. Yeah, yeah like... Send more rat ogres. That is what I love about him. Like, he just got bored. He just wants to go on to something else. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to fight. So he went back up um, to his uh, fortress and just because of that, Throt decided screw it. I got all my creations out. We're going to fuck up the Empire. <laughs> and he left. <laughs> um... After his battle with the Rat Ogres, Grimgore had become bored. He saw the Rat Ogres as the best that the Skaven could send at him. So, because he bested them, there was... Single-handedly. Yeah, single-handedly, <laughs> he was done. 
Uh, there was nothing left for him to do here. He had proven himself. The years of killing Skaven, humans, and dwarves no longer interest him. Grimgore had become bored with the simple, mundane fighting of just regular dwarves. Jesus. So he had to turn his attention elsewhere. Gathering up his army, Grimgore set a course north and east. He was going to attempt what no other person had ever been able to do before. He was going to cross the treacherous region where the World's Edge Mountains met the Mountains of Morn. No other army had successfully made the crossing of this mountain range. What is so significant about this mountain range? We will get to that. Oh, okay. So, this <laughs> I'm became, jumping. No, I know. This became more of a reason for Grimgore to succeed. Once again, he conquered this challenge, but no sooner did his army make it across the first mountain range than they found a second mountain range <laughs> in their path. Grimgore ordered his army onwards. The weaker goblins, the yeah, goblins, goblins, the weakened goblin goblins perishing in the hundreds from the cold and snow. <laughs> Dozens more fell to Grimgore's axe as they tried <laughs> to flee because they were just dying by the hundreds. But like Russia, Grimgore is like, ah, you're not running away, buddy, and he just cut them down by the dozens. <sighs> You either die here or you die out there. So at this point, the rest of the army, which were mainly orcs, because orcs are hardy. They are tough to kill. Yeah. Um, by now, began mar kept marching, fearing Grimgore more than they feared the mountain in the winter. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, a week later, the horde had done the impossible. They had crossed the second mountain range and reached the open steppes east of the World Edge Mountains, the Great Skull Land. Now, at this point, I was doing a lot of this research on the wiki, and this is where I realized there's a little article that says the lore splits at this point. The lore here has been rewritten. Hmm. So, some of it's now non-canon. While it was canon before, it is no longer. Do you know, like, why? Is it, like, for a new game that came out? Or I, is it I think End Times, which I believe is... Referring to Vermintide, but I could be wrong. Um, I think End Times rewrote the lore, hmm. which I get it. But at the same time, I do kind of like the old lore better. Um, so fair enough. But that's two different lore. I'll cover both. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> to Probably. be fair, they realistically like they only rewrote the ending. Okay. So I'll give you both endings. And we'll talk about which one we think fits Grimgore better. Sounds good. And if you don't like ours, fuck you. <laughs> Not even that. I mean, each his own. Only in a metaphorical sense. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, <laughs> from this, we come to the Battle of High Pass. And there's a quote about this. That's right. I ain't never not won before, but I still ain't been beat. And that's from Grimgore himself after fighting the Northmen of Krom. And if you didn't realize, he just repeated himself twice in that same sentence. Right. Grimgore, not the smartest. As Grimgore sat along the most direct route to the Empire from the east. And also, I would like to point this out. These people they're about to fight had no idea there were going to be orcs in their path. <laughs> like, Surprise. how the hell did orcs get here? No other army has ever crossed this mountain pass before. So why are there orcs here now? <laughs> Hello? Just keep that in mind. The forces of chaos 
And I think this warrants a little sidetrack because in both 40K and regular Warhammer lore, Chaos is essentially the big bad evil guy. Um, Chaos is controlled by certain gods that just want the end of all mortal races, I believe, is their end goal. They they live in, like, what is called the warp, which is, like, basically outside of existence. It's unreality, I think. Yeah. And that's where, like, the chaos gods dwell. And that's where demons and stuff are from. And demons in the Warhammer universe are different than in, like, our normal lore. They're insanely powerful. Well, I guess they're not too different, but they're insanely powerful, like, could level whole cities kind of deal. Think Man. like Archimond and What's, Kill Jaden. So if they want to destroy us, what's stopping them? They live in the warp. They they can only come realistically here through like small portals usually, or unless, like, or people summon them here. And even then, they're still normally limited by s- small amounts of their power. Yeah. So they, even then, because they don't not exist a, in this universe, they're from like a complete, almost like a like a side universe next to ours. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times when they're here, they're only echoes of themselves. Okay. Which are still like powerful, insanely powerful to yeah. challenge the likes of Grimgore. And they also spread corruption. Like there's like plague gods that like will spread like corruption and disease. And there's like like uh, like Slanesh is one of the chaos gods, and like basically Slanesh's whole thing is like pleasure to the extreme. Where like it gets like basically into pain. <laughs> it's but it's worse than that. Fuck it's, that. It's like absolute like torture. It, like it, like it, it it is hands down like absolutely. If you can think of the worst torture, that's what like, Selenesh is about. There was like a painter corrupted by Selenesh, and like the painter like started painting like all these crazy pictures, but like they wanted to get more vivid colors. So then eventually they started using like their own shit, and then like eventually like as like the corruption progressed, and then they started like killing people and using like the like the yeah. bodies for like paints and like all yeah. the different organs and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, so chaos are like. But Chaos, because of them being gods, they can bestow powers upon their followers and make Servants of Chaos really powerful, which means Chaos armies are, like, nigh unstoppable. Jesus. Like, they're relatively small, usually, but they're super powerful. Correct. Holy think, think like, Spartans, like the 300. You throw how many thousands of Persians at the 300 Spartans, and the Spartans kill them all. You know? So, Chaos are the Spartans in this metaphor. They are insanely powerful warriors. Damn. So, the forces of chaos were gathering under the banner of Archon, which is the Lord, the self-proclaimed Lord of End Times. And he sought to bring about the end of mortal races. So he wanted to kill pretty much everybody. Yeah, basically like chaos's whole goal is just to end all life. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> but it is kind of refreshing that something wants to kill the orcs. But it's also... It's oh, also everything wants of, to kill the orcs. It's just tough to fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's also kind of like like a catch-22, because if they do end up killing all the mortal realms, like... Because the chaos is birthed from, from, like, living things. They do gain power from having warshippers. And, like, chaos gods are birthed from, like, the mortal realm. Like, like, Slanesh. The the Eldar is like basically like the elves, like dark elves. Eldar are dark elves. Well, that matters. Yeah, but I mean, they're, yeah, they're dark elves. But they basically their whole civilization collapsed and fell into like like they all just turned into like hedonistic pleasure seekers, and that's what spawned the birth of Slanesh. 
Whoa. It, yeah, a lot of things in so the... they want to kill the humans, even though they well, get Well, they want to kill all life, like all races. They want to kill all races, even though they get power from the believers of the races. Yes. Yeah, it's... And Warhammer, the funny thing about Warhammer, at least 40k lore is, there is no good guy. The yeah. Empire, not a good guy. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, definitely not. Da- a good not guy. a good guy. Chaos, not a good guy. No, like nobody's a good guy in Warhammer lore. They're all selfish and just just want to kill everything pretty much. Like, uh, which is weird. You never see. There's always a good guy. Yeah. Except because of this, people have turned the Empire into the good guy because everybody's so used to looking for a good guy. They're like, ah, the Empire. Well, but I you mean, could I guess probably fair, compare like, the Empire to Nazi Germany. Oh, yeah, yeah pretty like, much. The Empire is pretty like, much it, Nazi the, the, Germany. It's extreme fascism. Like, everyone has their place. Everyone does their duty. Like, And if you're not us, you die. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you have a mutation, doesn't matter if it's harmless or not, we're going to kill. We're going to execute you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. There's but no it was good also guy. the only way that the humans could conquer the planet from all the other races. Correct. And expand out across Into space. the galaxy. It makes sense. So, yeah. Which I find fascinating about this lore in particular is there's no good guy. Yeah. You know? I like the, it. The tagline of Warhammer 40K is the grim dark of the far, far future. Correct. Like, that's their tagline. Yeah, it is the <laughs> grim dark of the far, far future. Yeah. That's awesome. So, as the forces of chaos were gathering under the banner of Archon, the Lord of End Times and his followers, north of the Great Skullland, thousands of tribes of Kurgan Marauders, which Kurgan Marauders are essentially chaos-worshipping barbarians. So, think of them as Vikings, except they worship chaos, so now they're, like, super strong. So just give every Viking berserker rage and then, like, double his strength, I guess. Probably got close to a Kurgan army. And probably doesn't die. And there's thousands of them. Oh, yeah, they take spear. Like, they don't die. They just... They just keep fighting. Yeah, they're like orcs. gonna like hack them up to actually like. They're literally like, if you can get as close to a human orc as you, uh, as close to a human orc as you can get is probably these guys, like, fucking nuts. So, gathered in his hair, Krom the Conqueror was the leader of this Marauder band. He's the bringer of storms in time. The land of North could no longer contain or maintain the tribes. And in a bloodthirsty flood, the horde of chaos descended south into the Great Skull Land where Grimgor is. Like locusts over crops, the wild-eyed Kurgan tribesmen ravaged all before them. Hundreds of green-skinned tribes were caught in their path and destroyed. Krom was leading his army south and then west. And if you remember, Grimgor is going north and east. <laughs> so they're going to meet up, probably. Krom was leading his army southwest through High Pass, towards the Empire, towards Grimgor. <laughs> <laughs> towards the meat grinder. <laughs> As Krom reached the foothills below the pass, he found his way blocked by rank upon rank of orcs and goblins. Unlike the other Greenskin hit his forces over overrun on their march, these Greenskins appeared well-ordered and ready for battle. This was the army of Grimgor. Grimgor, having become bored once more by the challenge offered by the tribes of the steppe, had eagerly ordered his army north upon hearing of the approach of Krom. Here again, 
was a challenge worth facing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the repetitiveness of this guy's life. He's just like this is his character. Arc. You're good. And then I after fight you, yeah. And then after a little bit, he's like, you know what? You're not as good as I thought. I'm gonna go fight someone else. And then just, you know what? You're good. <laughs> and that causes, like, devastations like, yeah. for other nations. nations yeah. And yeah. he just ends up leaving and not even touching anybody that it affects. And I'd like Screw to point you guys, out, I'm going home. This is after he had crossed an impassable double mountain range with an army. It had never been done before. He took cr- crazy losses. And now he's been raiding the steppes. <laughs> so I don't even, can't even begin to imagine how many losses he took there. Yeah, I'm sure all those orcs fleeing too probably flocked to his banners. Yeah, well, so I'm sure he got some back, but I can't imagine he gained men from this. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So you have to remember, his army's probably pretty weak at this point. So, arriving ahead of the Chaos Horde, Grimgord ordered his force to block <laughs> the mouth of the pass. Physically making sure that Krom and his army had nowhere else to go but through him. Krom had to fight Grimgore. Grimgore gave him no choice. You fight me. There is no way around him. As the sun rose from behind the mountains of Morn, the two armies clashed. This would become the greatest battle that has ever been seen in the Darklands. The two armies collided in battle. Men in Greenskid died in the hundreds. The Kurgan warriors fought for their lord Krom and their dark gods like men possessed. The orcs and goblins, indifferent to their losses, fought just for the joy of battle, as orcs and goblins do. I just... Fight for your god! Fight before lunch! Yeah, exactly. What about second fight? Um, However... Never before had Grimgore's army faced men who fought with such blood rage. Remember, the Kurgan warriors, they're like Viking berserkers on steroids. These men don't back down. They're being fueled by, like, dark magic from chaos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, they are absolutely nuts. Fair enough. Yeah. They had never before fought men who fought with such blood rage. For every man cut down, two or three more were there to take his place. They were outnumbered by the hundreds. And they were fighting like madmen. There seemed to be no end to them. They had met an opponent that was just as indifferent to losses as the orcs were. Like I said, crazy. There's no one giving a fuck. No, (laughs) you're just fighting. An army of men so unlike the weak men of the West that Grimgor had fought. Grimgor during this battle, was fighting Krom for literal hours. These two had a brawl between the two on them. They had a 1v1 for, for hours. literal <laughs> hours. That How is fuck does that happen? They are both massively powerful. Krom gets major power from his dark chaos gods as he is a champion of them. Fair enough. And Grimgore has an iron... Fueled by the wog, has an iron hide. They just... They are just out there trading blows. That's awesome. Hours. As they're fighting for hours, Grimgore is on the cusp of victory. But after the fact that this battle lasted for hours and thousands are killed on both sides... It was the orcs that gave tail and ran. Damn. Grimgore's army had been defeated on the battlefield because they lost their morale. Oh, man. 
I actually feel bad for the orcs. And <laughs> I wanted them to win. As Grimgore sees this as a loss, I mean, Grimgore, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily lose. I mean, if this were the game, this would be a Fyric victory, which means it wasn't a victory. Both sides took heavy, and I mean heavy casualties. But he had to run away from in, Krom. In the, in the well, end, Grimgore was... Even, like, Grimgore didn't run away. His, his army did. backed off, and then because his army backed off, Grimgore and Krom, after fighting for hours, kind <sighs> of... They didn't make a deal, but they kind of just backed off they just mutually. They just you know? each other up anymore. They, they, I mean, it got to the point where like Grimgore and Krom couldn't really lift their weapons. I mean, they've been fighting for hours. You know how much like energy that takes? Especially when you're two men as powerful as these are. This was not a fight to be like... It wasn't just two kids playing with swords. It's a full-grown, big-ass black orc and a god, damn. dark god-fueled man just this going at intense. it. Intense. So then we move on to the Ard Boys. <laughs> In the aftermath of his battle against Krom, Grimgore had been given a new goal, to redeem himself. In the eyes of Gork, and reclaim his title as the baddest, meanest, and artist warlord that has ever lived. Literally every time I hear you say all these names, all I can see is my the hardest. <laughs> the baddest. His army had survived years, and I mean years, of constant battles against men, Skaven, other orcs, dwarves. I mean, you name it. The orcs fought it. And they had survived all these battles. And now the Hordes of Chaos, they, while they didn't win, they didn't lose. Their army wasn't wiped out. It was still there. It was just a lot, lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Decimated, if you will. If you will. <laughs> but armies can be replenished. And with this many veteran soldiers still in the army, it's a force to be reckoned with at this point. Mm-hmm. So not as numerous as they had once been, especially since he had called the goblins for being weak, because it was the goblins that turned tail and ran. A lot of the orcs didn't, but the goblins running away did make some of the orcs falter. It was kind of like a trickling effect. The yeah. goblins run away first, then because there's no goblins, the orcs are like, well, well, fuck. Like, it like uh, lines open, like holes yeah, in holes in the wall, and you're open. getting flanked. Like, so eventually the orcs are like, okay, well now we need to run away, and then Grimgore loses the fight. So, as Grimgore's, you know, pissed and raging, he's just <laughs> cutting goblins down left and right, calling them from his army. Um, the re- survivors of these of Grimgore's exploits were toughened veterans of countless battles, and they were redubbed as the Ard Boys. As Grimgore started calling them, the warlord returned to the old world to show the upstart Archon just who was the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss. I'm the I'm baddest. The war boss. <laughs> this is my walk. <laughs> Marching through Kislev, Grimgore's army slaughtered Northmen and Kislevites alike, butchering all they came across. With him, his boys dragged the effigy of Gork. A titanic stone monument that had been carved by Grimgore's own axe. So he carved a giant statue of their god. And 
carried it with him. Essentially, the entire, for the orcs, the entirety of the world. I mean, I don't believe the orcs really knew about any of the lands past the Empire, which are the elven lands. Um, or those are to the left. The Empire is pretty much the top of the world. Kislev is the top of the world. Everything else is just a frozen wasteland. We don't like no stinking elves. Yeah. So they, they dragged a ginormous statue of their god through Gork. multiple nations. It's always Gork. Why don't they, like, Mork that much? Because Gork is brutally cunning. Oh. And, like, Gork is supposedly the one that, like... But isn't Mork cunningly brutal? Yes. But those are the sneaky boys. The sneaky boys oh. tend to worship him because he's cunningly brutal. The Ard boys like Gork. Yeah, because the Gork... The sneaky boys like Mork. Yeah. Well, and Gork is the one that supposedly made... Uh, him too. I oh yeah, they were created at the same time. Oh yeah, Grimgore is the is supposedly the champion of Gork. He is yeah. Gork's will. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So though. yeah, Grimgore is for Gork. Yeah. Uh, if that. I remember right, um, Wurzag, the Great Green Prophet, he's the prophet of Gork and Mork, but I think he leans toward more towards um. Mork? Yeah, Mork. I still like how he has, like, Gork's crushing, like, foot. Gork's foot. Yeah. Oh, my. And, like, that's a, so cool. A big green foot comes out of the sky and, like, crushes into armies. It, no, it's a big orc. Oh, yeah. His like, whole, whole model's there. Yeah, like, the whole orc's there. And he, yeah. Like, stomps on Wurzag, Wurzag, yeah. One of Wurzag's spells is the crushing foot of Gork, and it just summons this big green orc and just stomps on li- a literal <laughs> army. So he just brings Gork. Yeah, yeah, he literally he, just he, summons him and he just stomps, stomps. On, like ranks of troops. Yeah, it's great. It's a great spell. And <laughs> Jesus. It does, it's absolutely brutal. That's awesome. It's cunningly brutal, one could say. <laughs> or brutally cunning. Sorry, this is Gork. But yeah, <laughs> Jesus, like... I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, the, the smarter, and I say smarter with air quotes, orcs, um, tend to warship uh, Mork and the, the fighters... Which gork. all orcs are fighters, but the ones that love to fight, they're gork. Yeah, okay. So as they're pulling this statue across just nations, um, Grimgore's advance spread. Word came to other orc tribes living in the World's Edge Mountains, realizing that the Empire was now fair game, as Grimgore and Chaos are just marching through the Empire, <laughs> and Grimgore is carrying the effigy of their god, the orcs rally. I mean, they don't rally to Grimgore, but they just start raiding the Empire. And this is something about orcs. They wog. And that means... (laughs) They wog. Orcs have armies, okay? But when an army goes on a specifically destructive rampage, other orcs hear about it, and they want to join. They just so they just form their own army and just start following the other orc army. <laughs> so now you just get all of these orcs flocking together. And orcs <laughs> are already tough enough to deal with in their own army. Now you've got Armies, two, three, yeah. four. Like, and that they actually just, happens in like the game, too. Yeah, and that is a game mechanic. Your armies will Boy, log. I found a flight. Yeah. Let's go join them. Like, literally, when you go into a battle, like you start the battle, and then like another army of orcs just appears, and like we'll start fighting with you. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Shadow of War. Sometimes you go up to kill a captain, and like a another one just pops up out of nowhere and ambushes you. And it's like a, that's part of yeah, it. Yeah, and it's just absolutely nuts. That's awesome. That's crazy. So orcs wog, and that's like their mechanic. Um, Grimgore himself followed the trail of destruction leading to Middenheim, and realizing Archon intended to storm the city, decided that 
him and his boys needed to get in on the action too. <laughs> Otherwise, who would ever take him seriously again? With human slaves captured from various tribes sure. and war bands, unfortunate enough to mistake Grimgore as an ally, Grimgore constructed two mighty war engines. The gods. So he, wait, he took human slaves and made them build him war engines? Yeah. <laughs> as they were known as the gods, they were mighty siege towers built in the shape of Gork and Mork. From the oh. belly of Gork protruded a massive battering ram while Mork was topped with the largest rock lobber any of the orcs had ever seen. Shamans danced atop the huge war machines while Grimgore's personal rock effigy of Gork pulsed with wog power. And that's the thing. Wog has power in of itself. The orcs that's, can literally will things into existence. Yeah, that's like their psychic powers. Yeah, all mixed together. And Wog is more the, than just a physical entity. Especially if you have the more orcs following it, that's only just going to make it stronger, too. The bigger the Wog, the bigger the Wog? Yeah, the bigger the Wog, the bigger the Wog. <laughs> Knowing that the gods wanted him to prove himself, Grimgore joined the, the assault. So... Now we get to the point in the lore where it splits. Okay. I'll tell you what I like first, so this is the non-canon. Okay, I like that. And I have this section titled, The Best. The <laughs> <Da> Best. <laughs> as the hours seemed dark for the Empire, as the forces of Chaos and Archon, the ever-chosen, were advancing and defeating them, in revenge, yeah, Valton finally brought the ever-chosen, Archon, to single combat. So now the Archon is alone, isolated, fighting what is a Empire badass. I, I don't know too much of his lore, but he's a, he's a lord. He's like their champion. He's he's not Grimgore, but he's a tough dude. <laughs> he's not Grimgore, but eh, he well, tries. I mean, come on, like Grimgore's like one of a kind almost. Yeah. I get you. And in revenge for the steed that Valton had lost to Chaos Artillery. Valton first destroyed Archon's demonic mount, hurling the Chaos Warlord to the ground. As he raised the hammer of Sigmar for the killing blow, Archon unleashed the power of the demon bound within his sword. Archon had a demon in his sword that in his greatest time of need, he can unleash it. Jesus. So essentially the Archon just played his trump card to okay. defeat this guy. <laughs> um... That sucks. I guess there's also something worth mentioning. That, like the hammer of Sigmar is like a super like relic of like the humans. It's literally their most powerful weapon that has ever existed. I believe it was like one, the hammer of like one of the greatest kings, like King Sigmar. Yeah. So it's not a weapon to be trifled with. And in this game, and like many games in lore, weapons have power. Yeah. Because um, of their heritage and correct. certain things. Like so. So when he unleashed the demon, this diverted. But didn't stray Valton's blow. It still opened the Archon's armor and dashed him to the ground. As Valton tried to pull the Archon's blade free from himself, the Archon regained his feet and his feet, his feet, and dealt Valton another mortal blow, carving open his breastplate and sending him onto his back. Seemingly in shock at seeing the mark of Sigmar on Valton's chest, Archon was charged by Luther Huss. And Luther landed a series of blows on the Ever Chosen, including an almighty blow to the head that actually brought the Archon down to one knee. However, Huss is not nearly as strong as Valton, and the Archon recovered and overcame him. However, 
and then he hurried across the battlefield. It was then that a massive black orc came barreling through the ranks of battle. <laughs> this was Grimgore. Our man. The war boss. I was going to say, and there's as, too many of our not guys fighting right now. And as the Archon was retreating and Grimgore barreled through the lines, Grimgore ran at him and headbutted the Archon before he could regain his footing. <laughs> the orc hefted his great axe, swinging it in a wide arc that shattered the Chaos Lord's shield in half and sent him sprawling. Meanwhile, all around him, Grimgore's immortals fell upon the Swords of Chaos, which the Swords of Chaos are the Archon's specifically chosen knights. Mm. So now you have the immortals fighting, <laughs> fighting with the the what are essentially really, really high-ranking Chaos. So you've got really, really badass orcs fighting really, really badass knights. That's awesome. <laughs> And nearby, the men of the Empire could barely believe that their salvation had come from the orcs. The orcs, at this point, and because, like I said, this is what I love about Grimgore, he just wants to fight people. Yeah, right. And prove he's better than them. He doesn't, so, before how he accidentally caused a massive catastrophe in the Empire, (laughs) he now just saved it. (laughs) <laughs> and plus they probably won't even fight the humans because they don't care yeah they don't them. care they're tired of fighting the humans yeah, the they humans want the archon yeah. yeah so as the archon's demon sword flickered out the blow was knocked as the archon's demon sword flickered out but the blow from Grimgore's axe the salvage warlord stomped down hard on the archon's sword arm I said salvage I meant savage <laughs> <laughs> So Grimgore is now on the Archon sword arm. The Archon is, at this point, defeated. Knocking the infernal burning blade from his grasp, Grimgore then battered the Archon twice around the face before placing his axe on the tip of his foe's throat. Rather than strike the final blow, however, Grimgore spared his opponent, letting him slump to the ground. The Orc proclaimed, Grimgore is the best! And then quit the field. <laughs> cheered on by his followers. Grimgore is the best. <laughs> and remember how I said, remember how we talked about how some of this lore was made by um, the board game? Yeah. I, if I remember right, this is where Warhammer didn't want this to happen. Yeah. And this is why it's written like this. Because why would Grimgore spare one of the mightiest warriors. Yeah. You would think you would kill him. Yeah. However, Warhammer wanted the chaos to be the 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 victors, the but the orcs just fucking kept winning every single battle. <laughs> and so like they had to go with it, but at the same time they needed the chaos to be able to come back and essentially destroy the world, you know? Yeah. So they spared him. If if I remember right, take that specific note with a grain of salt. We'll have to look that up and see if it's uh, Like I said, within like 20 minutes of Googling, I couldn't find it. But that's 20 minutes of Googling. That's not that much. <laughs> um, so from here, we go to the Nemesis Crown. News of the Nemesis Crown was fast to reach Grimgore Ironhide from his camp in the Middle Mountains. Grimgore ordered his boys to recover the crown. He believes the very greatest warriors in the world will all challenge him for it. After his victory over the Everchosen, Grimgore had been brooding for many days in his camp in the Middle Mountains as ever. He despaired as much as an orc could be said to know such an emotion. 
of ever finding another foe worthy of his attention. He had taken on and slaughtered every one of his subordinates who even looked at him funny because he was that <laughs> bored. But he'd still not enjoyed a good challenge. In between bouts of mindless violence, he had scoured the Middle Mountains, plunging headlong into stinking lairs of bizarre beasts that lived there, but no chimera, manticore, or harpy offered more than a distraction to this warlord. Though, the carcasses fed his hordes for many days. <laughs> However... One day, a goblin ran into Grimgore's camp, squealing in a high-pitched voice about events in the south. Grimgore ordered him silence, not wanting to deal with such a racket. A few hours later, another goblin arrived, not as high-pitched as the first, and reported that the armies of the men and dwarves were mustering their forces to find the biggest, shiniest, bossiest boss hat in the world. The nemesis crown. The wearer would be the greatest of his race, and all of his enemies would try to kill him for it. Grimgore decided that if this was true, he could use the crown to draw every enemy in the world to him to fight him for it. He didn't care if it granted any abilities. He doesn't, he doesn't want those. He had no need of them. He cared only that others, because he owned this crown, would challenge him. Thus, Grimgore Ironhide ordered his war bosses to scour the lands for the Nemesis crown, and soon the, an enormous green-skin army was searching for the artifact, eager to present it to their overlord. And that is where Grimgore's story ends in the non-canon version. You can see they were leaving it open to add more. Expand upon a little bit. Yes. Now, this (laughs) is... I imagine he gets it. Yeah, in in the end, I imagine he's going to acquire it somehow. I mean, he's the power to walk. Uh, (laughs) So this is the canon lore. The end times. This is where they switched up. Yes, so okay. we're going to backtrack to right before the Battle of uh, Middenheim, I believe. Okay. Where the humans and the Where chaos. the humans and the chaos were fighting. Okay. So, and I, actually, now that I think about it, this might be because of Warhammer 2. Because of the sword of the, I think it's Khan. Hmm. That's the big bad artifact that everybody's fighting for in yeah. Warhammer now. And this, the new lore wasn't made by a board game, so I think they just kind of retconned it. Yeah. Um, so now that I think about it, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, but, anyways, during the end times, Wurzag, the great green prophet, finally realized the champion of Gork and Mork wouldn't be one, but rather two greenskins, united, leading a wog. Believing that Grimgore was the champion of Gork, or possibly Mork, he was open to that. <laughs> While Scarsnick was Scarsnick, if you remember him, he's yeah. the goblin yeah. that I said. Yeah. And the fact that Wurzag has a high opinion of a goblin shows you how yeah. cunning and brutal Scarsnick is. Yeah. Um and while Scarsnick was the champion of Mork, or possibly Gork, once again, he he's open to either. He sent out to inform them of their destinies and unite them into one wog. Grimgore started off rampaging east, encountering the orcish empire of the next snapper. Grimgore defeated him and absorbed his forces into the growing wog. The hobgoblin cons were the next to be crushed and assimilated into the horde. Grimgore's army continued to grow with orcs pouring in from all over the known world. Grimgore later became bound to the wind of beasts and commanded a huge army known as the Beast Wog in the process. He managed to conquer the Ogre Kingdoms, which most, if you don't know, Ogres in Warhammer are absolute 
units. They are huge and they are dumb. Like, they are bigger than black orcs by a substantial margin. Yeah, they're probably say, like 10, 15 feet tall. Yeah. Like, if not bigger. Yeah. I was going to say, with the uh, rat ogres earlier, I assume they were fucking well, big motherfuckers. Rat ogres are smaller than ogres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, I assume, like, ogres in general. Yeah, just, but ogres are big. Yeah. So. However, the ogres were fiercely independent and tried to resist, but Grimgore was able to kill the massive, uh, a massive monster uh, by clubbing his head in with his own scepter. Mm. The ogres viewed Grimgore as the living avatar of the Great Maw, and thus, and the Great Maw is kind of what <laughs> the ogres worship, so be, Grimgore becoming the avatar of their god, and thus the entire ogre race decided to follow him. So now Grimgore's wog not only has a million and a half orcs, it's got a bunch of ogres, too. Jesus Christ. With the combined might of the greenskin and ogre races, Grimgore cracked the great bastion of Cathay, Cathay and burned the dragon fleets of Nippon. The Far East became green. Meanwhile, greenskin <laughs> slaves have heard prophecies of the avatars of Gork and Mork, and slave revolts broke out across the Chaos Dwarf Empire. Eventually, the Wog set hundreds upon thousands of greenskins free from the slave pits and fought against the sadistic masters. In the end, the Chaos Dwarf Empire was shattered. As Grimgore stood upon his ornate throne as a conqueror, he and all of his warriors were suddenly teleported into the vast spires of Middenheim. Gork had sent them to partake in the great battle that would decide the fate of the world. I will not be felled by a beast, Archon snarled, his voice carrying over the clamor of battle. He surged to his feet, even as Grimgore reached him. I am Archon, and I am the end made flesh, he shouted. What say you to that, animal? <laughs> Grimgore says, shut up and die! <laughs> <laughs> Just as epic as Gr- <laughs> Grimgore the best. Yeah. Grimgore says, shut up and die. <laughs> It was during the final battle of Middenheim that Grimgore would face the Archon in single combat, even mounted atop his legendary steed and surrounded by the Swords of Chaos. So mind you, this is Grimgore fighting not only the strongest Chaos servant in existence right now, his knights as well. He has no backup. He has no backup for whatever reason in this one. Grimgore proved too strong for the Everchosen. First, he struck him down from his charging mount before breaking his helmet and destroying the Eye of Shirian in a single mighty headbutt. Damn. Grimgore literally headbutted an ancient chaos artifact out of existence. Bonk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gave it a heckin' bonk. And the Archon, one of his titles was the Three-Eyed King. He is the Three-Eyed King no more. Grimgore has shattered his third eye. What was left of the Eye of Shirian speckled the broad expanse of Grimgore's brow. Panicking at the thought of being slain at what he considered a mere beast, Archon was forced to summon the power of his demon blade, which he used to destroy Grimgore's trusted axe. So now Grimgore is unarmed. The orc threw aside the remnants of Gitsnik, which is the name of his axe, and reached for the Everchosen's throat. As the Slayer of Kings erupted through his shoulder, and the Slayer of Kings is the ever-chosen sword as it erupted through his shoulder blades in an explosion of blood finally killing the great orc in death 
Grimgore had achieved his one and only purpose to be the best. Because in in honesty, he beat the Ever Chosen. He made the Ever Chosen play his otherworldly trump card. Yeah. And Grimgore did it with an axe. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. <laughs> unbeknownst to Grimgore, he had helped ensure Sigmar's victory when he too faced the Ever Chosen. For whilst the Helden Hammer was nowhere near full strength, the Archon was now injured, his retinue crippled, and without his third eye, he had no advantage over the empires of men. Yeah. So, in both, and that is the end. I mean, obviously, Grimgore's dead, so in the canon lore, there's no more Grimgore. Hmm. So, in both... They had to get rid of him, he was too strong. <laughs> in both, Grimgore fights the Archon... And wins in a sense. Yeah. In the now, second yeah. one. In the second one, does he still go through all the stuff where he like heads to the north and like battles them up there? Yes, that okay. is all canon. It is literally the last battle. How the last battle comes about, that is the non-canon canon part. Hmm. And I think it's been rewritten because of the Warhammer game. Yeah. That not makes sense. the board game anymore. It feels yeah. just a little cheesy for like Gork just to be like, "Hey guys, and just teleports a big fight him over here." I think when Gork like, hasn't done anything else this yeah. whole time, that's what I mean. I like the non-canon lore. Yeah. I like the idea that Grimgore is still out there trying to fight. Yeah, and it find a better challenge. Yeah, I hate when they just kind of like kill off an OP character to with me, a this, not OP way of killing. Yeah, him. and I like the idea of him trying to get the Nemesis crown because that's like the one thing he's always wanted is like people will come fight me for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to go fight them anymore. Yeah. They fight me. Like, I just yeah. sit here and wait for the big baddies to come. And, and you I can't kill him with just a sword through the shoulder. It is a demon sword. To be, I mean, I, he he ejected the demon into Grimgore or into to blow up Grimgore's legendary axe. And then it is still a powerful sword in of its own right. I guess. Like, but I, I'm with you. I don't like yeah. the fact that Grimgore goes down so easily. Like, yeah. it is a really cool fight still. I mean, Grimgore yeah. breaks this legendary artifact helmet with his head, of yeah. all things. I mean, yeah. his iron hide. Yeah. Like, it's cool. It's gotta be harder than fucking iron. If yeah. It's it, chaos fucking artifacts. But I like I like the I just yeah, like, I like the, the canon first. one too. I like the non-canon. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense that he would try to find like the nemesis. And I get and in the non-canon. Yeah, the Archon was weakened up by the the armies of men first. It took out two of their commanders before the uh, Grimgore came in and kind of like stole the fight. Well, I like the idea too of like Grimgore just kind of like happening into being the savior of men. Yeah, yeah that's, that too. That's a really I good I mean, story it, it happened no matter what. Yeah. But it was way more direct in the non-canon Yeah, lore. he yeah. kind of just like almost like it's not like he meant to do it. He's just like, well, I'm just going here to fight this guy. Yeah, I want to I want to beat this guy in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the other, in the canon lore, it really wasn't out of revenge that Grimgore came there. Like, like yeah, like it seemed said, like he was Gork just, just teleported him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gork was just teleported him there. Whereas in the non-canon lore, it follows. I feel like it follows Grimgore's personality more closely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like more of like what he, even what though would actually I, even be though, like with I his character. I think they retconned the whole, or I think they spun the whole. He spared the Archon for later lore purposes, which I get it. You got to do that sometimes. Yeah. That one's kind of like, eh. But you could also just as easily argue Grimgore was. That's the strongest person he's ever fought. 
if he lets him run away and recover, that could be another good fight. Someday. Yeah, he didn't want to let the like, strongest person he ever fight die, argue, so he'd never have a challenge. Yeah, you could easily argue both sides of that coin. Yeah. Yeah, I like doing that too. Yeah. I always like like when people like what I was saying earlier when people don't like certain things. I love being the devil's advocate. Yeah, mm-hmm. earlier with Wyatt on the Discord, I was just no, no, no. And I was just like, sorry, man. I just like being the devil's advocate. And he's like, you people are the worst. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I can't help it. I was like, I can literally almost always think of an argument. And I no offense, but I need you to work for me if you want to bring me over to your side you gotta work but yeah that was super fucking awesome that was an awesome tale man i can't wait to uh in the future i hope people like these because i'm excited for more warhammer stories and lore and characters i I will talk for hours about lorehammer and we literally what what are we at two yeah we're at two we so take away 30 minutes for the news stories we literally just talked about one character yeah for an hour and a half one out of three, at Just least that I words. that I can name right off the bat, out of three orc yeah. characters. Yeah, that's and I was there say. are lizard men, there are orcs, <laughs> there are un or there are undead. There's dwarves, there's humans, elves, dark elves, wood elves. Like there are so many characters, and each race has its own badasses and. I mm, it's just so and I even love like it. each race is just like really different from each other too. Correct. Like I, it's not like they're just like cookie cutters of each other. Yeah, like like I said, I named three elves. Each one of those elves insanely different. Right. I mean, like dark elves into torture, BDSM, sadism, like they are the ones that worship Sl- Slanesh. They are all about pleasure, murdering people and slaves. High elves Think Lord of the Rings. They're the they're the noble elves. They're the ones that uphold honor in you know, they're amazing all elves are amazing swordsmen because they live so long in the Warhammer universe. Uh, some elves are actually immortal. Yeah. Um and then the wood elves are think of them like druids. They're defenders of nature. They're they're wild. They don't have the noble like thoughts of high elves. You know they're they're gonna do it's anything very, to save the forest. Very in depth. Yeah, like, very in depth. And each one of them has each race just has its own crazy awesome backstory. Yeah, like yeah, I'm I, I'm digging this. Like I said, you guys got to show me some videos of some stuff that I need to look up <laughs> here. But hell yeah, hell yeah, man. That's been another episode of Room to Talk. It was Warhammer. It was Grimgore Ironhide. And his fucking... The biggest and baddest war boss. The biggest and Grim baddest. Grimgore is the best. The wog. I love the wogs. Orcs are my favorite race to play in that game, too, so... <laughs> it's just... You get a bunch of orcs and just attack. Yeah. Just, just, just attack them. <laughs> yep. I'm bored now. I beat you. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Maybe get a couple archers to soften them up before the orcs get there, but get the orcs in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell yeah. I think we're wogging off here. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm Bud Walker. Mike McCloskey. And I'm Seth. All right, we'll catch you next time, kids. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Have a good one.